let's get started. This is this is going to be fun. We're already off to a rousing start. Um, so this is going to be episode four, I believe, of the Saber Martial Arts Podcast. Welcome one, welcome all, and all in between. Uh, tonight we got a super special show planned for you. Before we introduce our guest, I want to let the uh, board of directors introduce themselves. Who's going first? Let's go with Mr. Uh, Eric Main. I go first. Yeah, um, co-founder, head teacher, battle master, uh, Eric Main. Good to see everyone. If you're seeing me, if not, uh, um, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on to uh, the the mistress of Seresu herself. Um, hi, I'm the wife of the Battlemaster of San Diego Sabres, um, and I am the chief technician, aka a muscle mom of practically SMAP and SES. You didn't tell oh. us your name, though. Oh, my name's Katie. <laughs> <laughs> I believe somewhere on an ice floe there's a penguin around here. This is Nick. He's the penguin. Hello, I am Nick. I am the Ember Penguin, head instructor of Penguin Saber Academy. How do you do? Uh, you're going to hear Nick in a very interesting way tonight because he's apparently slaving away over a stove. I think he's lying, but who cares? And I am your main man, Fode, otherwise known as Mark. I'm from Delaware Saber Martial Arts, and I am stoked to bring you tonight's episode. We have our first... Um, well, I guess we were sponsored by F7 Productions before, but now we have yes. our first um, post-F7 um, sponsor uh, on the show tonight. The official Sabersmith of SMAF it is Key Sabers owner Kyle Vaz. Kyle, introduce yourself. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, Kyle Vaz, the owner of Key Sabers. Uh, excited to be here with this rambunctious group of uh, that's the word <laughs> martial artists and uh, Star Wars nerds. And yeah, excited for the for the show. This is what happens when you give people who are used to hitting each other like. I don't want maybe for a living is the right way to say it, but people who are used to hitting each other all the time like no outlet for all their energy, right? Like you get this podcast. Let's get going. So um, tonight I want to talk definitely about some of the things that you got going on over at Key Sabers, kind of where the company started, all the things that you would expect to talk about when you come on a show like this. But also I want to talk to you about your martial arts background as well. Um, so Let's start out with just a little brief history of Key Sabers and where it is now and how it got there. Yeah, so um, Key Sabers started up around 2019, I want to say, um, officially at least. Um, I was I was partnered with a, a gentleman called uh, Chris. People know him around the Saber community as, as Chow or Ing Chow, um, and he started Ing Chow's Armory. Uh, going back about 10 plus years now. And he was one of the originators just, you know, using PVC pipe, electronics, throwing some stuff in there together and just making a lightsaber, making it work, whatever it took. And um, eventually he moved on to using aluminum piping and, you know, 
lathing, doing a lot of uh, custom models. And his his main main tenet, which is what you know I brought over into Key Savers, is it doesn't have to look pretty, it doesn't have to look fancy, it can resemble something in the Star Wars universe. But number one, it has to function. It has to function like an actual weapon should. You know what you would expect to to hold if you were considered a martial artist of the Star Wars universe. You know mm-hmm. what would you hold? And that's that's one of the main things that that he believed in, and it spoke volumes. I mean, he was he's he's well known within the New York, the tri-state area, and um, you know when when he was going to you know start moving off from using a hand lathe and really getting to more of a manufacturing, because um, that's what a lot of the the big names were doing. They all have their manufactured models. And he wanted to get into that, but he wanted to to do something a little bit different. And I had just started, um, I had just started with a group called Saber Guild, and they're pretty well known throughout the U.S. They have their own separate charters and sorry, um, guilds or temples, you'd say, within each and every state. Some of them have multiples, but they're more of a uh, cosplay choreography group. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, they don't do much like, you know, sparring or, or mm-hmm. actual combat or fighting. Everything is planned. Everything is precise. But the good thing about that is you can learn control. Mm-hmm. And some groups do teach that. Some groups don't. Um, <laughs> my group in particular, I was I, I was very, very lucky. I learned from a gentleman, um, Eric Leone, and he was he was the the LD, which is considered the the local director of the group at the time. And uh, yeah, he was, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure what his martial art background is, but he's pretty much a jack of all trades. Um, you know, he's, he's proficient in a lot. And he, he, he was the first one who taught me, you know, the basics of saber combat and, and said, this is going to be something totally different from any other weapon you've held because you have a 360 degree cut radius. Mm-hmm. Like you, if you hold the saber out and you move it to the left or to the right, you can cut someone down. And you have to think about that when you're planning a fight. Yes. And so I, I kind of had to take a lot of my martial art background, which is mainly um, Tai Chi. I had to take that and kind of incorporate that into what I do. So I, I fell in love with the Cerezo form. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to get too sidetracked with with that. I want to get to we'll get later, there but too. I'll, we'll probably but I'll get finish. there. Yeah, <laughs> gentleman within the Saber Guild group, he he was reaching out to people, saying, "Hey, you know, does anyone do any design work? You know, does anyone know uh, any any like drawing programs, Photoshop, AutoCAD, whatever?" I said, "Yeah, you know, that's that's what I do for a living, and I still do that now. My main job is I'm a I'm a senior designer at Perkeva National Laboratory." Um, I could talk a lot about that, but I'd probably have to kill you afterwards. Mm. It's, <laughs> it's mm. not really that top, you could top try. secret, but <laughs> I could try. Exactly. Talking to some martial artists today. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I do design work. That's my day job. So once I was partnering up with, with Chow and he wanted to take a design that he had already had and modify it and create something that could be manufactured that pretty much majority of people would fall in love with 
And that was the persuader. Mm -hmm. So we tag teamed that, um, created the persuader. And that was, that was absolutely phenomenal. At the time we were still doing in hilt electronics where everything was wired into the hilt. We were still doing, you know, charge ports if anybody wanted, nothing was really all in one, but we did have the four inch depth of, of a blade socket, mm -hmm. which incredibly enhances your control. I don't care what saber you have. If you can get four inches depth or more, you have an insane amount of control. It also depends on where you're holding the saber too. Do you know of anybody um, else that does removable blades at that much blade depth? Cause I can't think of anyone I, off the top of my head, unless there's like a, like a tinkerer around there. Who's just been messing with it. So them. I know of, um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't personally know which, which company it is, but, um, because my sabers have been sold to a lot of combat groups, I do hear a lot of feedback. Um, one of the, the gentlemen that I, that I've just became really, really good, good friends with, he's in, um, Aiken Saber Academy. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me that there was, there was somebody who I believe it's up to three inches, maybe, but I don't think that his the way that he designs his handles are more towards like the the top it's still all towards the base which is traditional in most star wars weapons mm -hmm. which i never really understood why you'd hold the saber at the bottom or the base when you're when you're doing combat you know you you yeah, what's you'd want to hold it more towards the emitter what's you know? with all of these movies uh hilts being just so damn uncomfortable to hold i i can't i i can't stand it i really can't i remember being in in saber guild um you know for for the for the people that don't you know visibly see what's going on i am a darker skinned gentleman so naturally my my pull was to either cosplay mace windu or fn 2187 you know, oh okay yeah so I end up cosplaying Finn, and I end up getting that as a approved character within Saber Girl, uh, Oh, okay. Within Rebel Legion, yeah. which is another cosplay group. They don't they don't do much fighting. They just do you know like physical appearances. Right. So I did I did need one for that, and I remember getting one. I got one from uh, Corvanth at the time, and you know it was great. It was it was a beautiful kit. I set it up all myself, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, I I. I really hope that I don't ever have to fight anyone with this. I really hope that no one asked me to fight with this weapon because I'm going to destroy Like Finn doesn't wear any gloves. My hands are done. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just, it, it's a, it's to me, it's a gorgeous saber, but it's such a horrible design for combat. Like who sat there and said, you know, Oh, you know, let me take this flash off of this old camera and throw some, throw some little uh you know like things on it from from like a drawer opener and you know i'll hold it here and this is a perfect weapon to beat someone with uh no <laughs> the same the same person thought of that is the same per uh the person who thought of that is the same person who thought that 3po and jar jar binks were good ideas so you know uh, not that i really mind jar jar anymore you in, know, my, in my older days i'm like man okay. he's got moves on the high dive i will say that <laughs> 3 is okay. 3PO is okay. okay. Oh man, we might not be able to be friends anymore. There's All right. <laughs> <laughs> so you're thinking at this point, these movie hilts are terrible to wield. 
I want to fight. I want to do choreography. I want to have something that's going to be balanced, feel good, but also not break on me every time my homies and I get a little bit too zealous about our, about our choreography or whatever. And, uh, you come up with, take it. So we come up with the persuader. I mean, this was a joint effort between Shao and I, Mm -hmm. and, uh, at the time, we we knew what we had, but we knew that we had to get it in the hands of people. Yeah, because that was that was the one thing. Because people can look at our designs and say, "Oh, you know, it looks like a saber. You know, it's probably probably great. It's probably cool." But I don't really know. Like, you know, it's not it's not flashy. You know, things things don't 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 light up right away. It doesn't have like all these cool features that all these other companies have, but. You know, once once people saw the value in what we were doing, and that was the probably the hardest thing to really sell, was the value of getting one of our weapons. But they're by the looks of it, you don't really see the value in it a lot of times. I know? will say this: when you look at <laughs> saber, right? Just to throw a name out there, and you're talking about getting a stunt style hilt, and um, it comes to you for maybe. Let's just say with a blade, you pay about 150 bucks for a, uh, a stunt saber. Mm-hmm. And uh, it comes to you and you're like, man, this feels good. I feel like a Jedi. Somehow you still hear rattling around inside the, the hill, right? <laughs> and you're like, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. It shouldn't affect my fighting. <laughs> then you fight for like an hour straight and then you start to hear that the rattling has become clanging and banging right inside of your hill. And now after basically one practice or a handful of practices, your, your sabers toast. Okay. It's now just a broomstick with a fancy handle and or a paperweight or a paperweight. paperweight. Yeah. Yeah. Or a paperweight. If you choose to use like your saber as a, as a combat weapon and don't do anything to reinforce that thing. And now you're out like 500 bucks. So now you come up with the persuader, which like you said, it's, it's not like the prettiest girl at the ball, but it's also like as a martial artist, I'm looking at the weapon and I'm going, well, that's the most usable weapon in the room. So to me, that's the prettiest girl at the ball, right? Like, yes, yes. I, I always equate it. I mean, I, I don't know if, if anyone's like uh, uh, um, Indiana Jones fan, but it's kind of like, you know, like the last crusade, of course, <laughs> who am I talking to? <laughs> you know, but it's kind of like that, that scene where he's trying to find like the cup and he's like, what would the cup of a carpenter look like? Yeah. You know, what is the most useful, practical thing? Yeah. Everybody's looking like, for the cup of the a king. Everyone, exactly. No one, no one's looking for the cup of a carpenter. No one's looking for the most useful, reliable thing that's actually going to give you eternal. I'm not saying that my sabers give you eternal life. I am not equating that at all. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But I am. That's what you're totally saying. Let the record show. (laughs) (laughs) Let the record show. I'm not equating my saber to like Jesus Christ. (laughs) But you know what? What I am saying is, once once we start to get these out there for you know like the people to see. We were getting reports back like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, this thing is amazing. And, you know, the handle is great. You know, how does, you know, how do you guys design this so that, you know, I could use a 40 inch blade or a 32 inch blade and it still feels balanced. Right. 
you know, and you know, word was word was getting out, and it was and it was picking up rapidly and quickly. And unfortunately, at the time, um, Chad was going through a lot of like physical and you know health health restrictions that were really bogging him down and you know taking away a lot of his time. And eventually, it came to a point where he could no longer you know build build sabers anymore. Mm-hmm. And we had a really really large order that was placed through the saber legion mm-hmm. they wanted to they wanted to order 50 persuaders and it was it was more like a trial run for them to really see the value see the 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 quality of our heads because right. they had heard from you know a lot of other companies a, a, a lot of other combat groups that you know our sabers were great at the time we were still doing everything within the hill there was no all-in-one chassis and i was able to help help chow out finish up the 50 saber order and then broker the the partnership with saber legion <clears throat> and that was pretty much the 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 jump start to me eventually then creating key sabers because chow and i had a talk we said this is what we wanted to do this is how we wanted to set everything up and unfortunately you know like due to you know just you know, a lot of, you know, personal issues, him and I have had a, a falling out recently, but um, I was able to take the Persuader, redesign it, and now it fits the all-in-one chassis, which is something that I had created when I was creating my second model, which was the Slayer. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you probably want to get into a little we'll bit. We'll talk about, about that for were, sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk, but, um, I've been real stoked about that. <laughs> i I wanted to, because I'm, I've always been in the process of innovating. You know, if you have something great, you know, see if you can tweak it a little bit, if you can tweak it a little bit and make it that much better, you know, do it. Why not? You know, if it's, Uh if it's, if it's gonna, if it's gonna, you know, drop, drop costs and it's going to increase the amount of product that you can get out there. And the one thing for me that I was looking at when we were building the persuaders is we still had a problem of repair work. Right. That was the one thing that we were still getting right. getting calls back on. And that was something that I thought in the Sabre community, it was inevitable. You had to do repairs. Right. Because people use a product, especially people use a product for combat. Right. Like they're taking this thing and beating the And not even just a sword. Like like if you if you get like a a decent, not even a good, but a decent sword there's still the potential that that hilt might fall apart or that the guard will come loose or that the edges are going to be dinged up or whatever. But uh, when you have a lightsaber that you're trying to beat the snot out of each other with, there's like electronics and really kind of sophisticated stuff going on in that hilt. It's not just a couple of scales on a tang, you know, wrapped together or whatever. Not to say that that's not an art, form and a crafts form all in itself but you just don't have the type of stress put on that that you do when you have electronics inside of a metal tube exactly so anyway you know so so for for me i was looking at it and i was saying look we already have an ignition switch inside the pommel we already have you know the leds you know, everything's tucked away inside the saber. Nothing's really exposed unless we do a charge port. So I was looking at it and just looking at it, looking at it. And honestly, I just, I had a dream <laughs> and I said, 
And it was it was literally like one of those dreams or, or, or one of those moments where you're watching like Clone Wars or Rebels or something and someone's putting together like a lightsaber just using the force. That's legit what I had <laughs> equivalent to that dream. That's dope. I I just I just envisioned all these parts just literally coming together and I woke up and I said, I think I've done it. Like I really just created this. Oh. And I I went onto my computer and I just 3D designed something really, really quickly that that could work, tweaked it a little bit, took me a couple months, and I said, this is it. And I had this $200 little, you know, printer that uh, it was about maybe like 100 centimeters by 100 centimeters, you know, like wide, like just something small, 3D printed it up, and I'm like, this is it. And I'm like, yeah, all right, all right. You know, maybe maybe people aren't, aren't really gonna going to buy into it, you know, because this is this is now something that people are going to have to invest in. There's something that people are going to have to buy. They already mm-hmm. have their first winner. They already have their sabers. I don't know if this is really going to, going to catch on. So I decided to then, you know, want to come up with another model that I could really sell this with. And that's what the Slayer was. Right. It was something that I could really like sell this all in one chassis with. And I mean, it, 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 it caught on and it, and it caught on big. I mean, I've, I've had people, from the original TSL order message me saying, Hey, can I put in the all in one chassis in, in my persuader that I had bought? And I said, unfortunately, you know, you'd have to buy like another persuader and like, Oh, well that's, that's fine. Like your sabers are pretty much under a hundred dollars anyway. So I was totally cool. just, just going to say that's <laughs> not breaking the bank. Like that's, no, it's not. Oh, you know, uh, you know, for that $150, whatever saber that broke in the first couple practices versus, maybe the same maybe the same cost if you get like a cover tech and a little battle wrap and stuff maybe you get yeah. up to 150 bucks on a stunt persuader uh right. so yeah i i would say that that's paying dividends back to you as an investment well you know that was that was something that i noticed too coming into the saber community is you know I, I, my first saber was bought from, and immediately within the first week, I'm like, I need to take, I need to take this thing apart and just rebuild it again. Cause there's no way this thing Oof. is going to last. Yeah. Last, like, Oof. yeah. <laughs> and that's, and that's not like a slight choose because I know people that, that, that have like, like the hero model, you know, or, or like the other like sound, sound versions and they love it. It lasts you know, years for them and it works out great. But they're beautiful savers. I just, Mm -hmm. I just, I needed to rebuild it from the ground up. I've always been the, the mindset to, if I see something, I want to see how, how it works, take it apart and put it right, right back together again. And my wife works for Apple and she's seen me take apart like computers and (laughs) you're a tinker. She's like, please don't, please don't touch that. No, no, no. You need to ground yourself. No, don't. You so, are Anakin. Geez. You are Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> I need to figure it out, you know, because maybe, maybe I can tweak it. Maybe there can be something that that can be done better. It can be rebuilt. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, the Slayer was born, and that was that was a that was a lot of inspiration from the Saber Legion. They gave me a lot of feedback on what they thought would be like the best Saber for them to use mm-hmm. for competitions. And that's when the Slayer became more modular. I mm-hmm. had I had a design that I had wanted to do where I wanted to come up with something that was, was a little more tapered, 
because I've seen people do like the oval style sabers and they're great. You know, they look amazing, but I wanted to do something a little more tapered that still had that, that rounded beveled, you know, shape to it. And you could just turn it from one side. It can look round, turn it from another side. It, it looks flat and the handle on this thing. I mean, it still blows me away how I, I have my personal one. I don't know if you, people, people listening and probably can't, can't see it, but you know, I have my personal one that I have the extender on there. So this sits at 16 inches and I still wield this thing with one hand, whether I put it right up here at the emitter, whether I have it here at the base and then, and then just slide my hand down for, for power strikes. Like it, it's, it's incredible. And that got so much attention and that's, that's now become almost equivalent to, you know, me selling the persuader line, you know, they go, they go back and back as yeah. far as, as far as sales go. I mean, it, it was, it was crazy to see how much things blew up. And once the all in one chassis was there, I mean, there was, it, it take, it took me, it took me about a good, maybe 12 to 15 hours to complete a saber without the all-in-one chassis. It took me about maybe three hours to complete an entire saber with the all-in-one chassis. Wow. Wiring it up, setting it up, and then, you know, spending 15, 20 minutes testing it out. Wow. And now that I came up with, with a better version of the all-in-one chassis, it's, it's, it's a lot more sturdy. It's a lot more tight. And that's, that's the version that you have. That I have in there. Yeah. And that one, I can finish a saber within 30 minutes to 45 minutes. Wow. <laughs> Unless you're getting like a lot of the, you know, like the, the customizable stuff like leather wraps sure. or battle wraps or powder coating, whatever like that, that obviously takes a lot more time, yeah. but just a normal stock persuader or, or, or slayer i can get it done in about 45 minutes that has invested in so much and just me then coming up with new ideas me you know obviously spending a lot more time with my family right you know, and that's and that's just paid off incredibly uh about a year ago i was talking to courtney from saber light nights he was on our last episode of smafcast that will be mm. it'll by the time people hear this it'll have been out for about a week um, and he was, that was one of the things that two years ago when I first met him in person where, um, my friend and I were talking to him like, man, we just can't seem like we're not hitting each other that hard. We just can't seem to get sabers to last on us. And he was like, well, I got a couple dudes who kind of tinker with my sabers when I get them and they give them back to me better than I bought them, you know, and I know Katie and Eric. Mm -hmm have a bunch of tinkerers in San Diego sabers oh, that yeah. both build their own sabers from scratch, but also repair and update sabers. And Noah, who's a, an affiliate of ours, he, he tinkers a lot with sabers. The point is um, I was asking about this and, and just like, man, I can't get anything to work. And I was sparring with my students who were the oldest one was 15 at the time. And it was the 10 year old that broke the first blade Lamau. <laughs> and then it was the 11 year old who broke the first hilt and they were the same night and they were different sabers, same company, but different sabers. And then a week later, my hilt from another manufacturer breaks in much the same way that those two did. And I'm going, okay, this, it can't be me. 
<laughs> so <laughs> then I'm talking to Courtney about a year ago and I'm telling him like, well, unfortunately I don't have any sabers that really like turn on and are worth using in combat right now. Most of mine are now demoted to belt Queens. And he was like, dude, you ain't heard about this persuader yet. And I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, let me just persuade you real quick. And he let starts me telling me about. You. Let I me can't persuade even. you. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> he starts telling me about play. like the all-in-one <laughs> chassis and the fact that like <laughs> – He's just like sliding, sliding colors and sounds in and out of his hilts and stuff. And I guess this is right around the time when the Slayer was maybe getting released um, or -hmm. had just been kind of put out into the world. And just last week in in recording, he was telling us, like, if he has to grab a saber, he's grabbing the Slayer, no question. Mm -hmm. And telling us about how he's never had an issue with the system with the chassis system, anything like that. The thing I was most impressed about, I stuck one of those ultra saber blades in there. Um, and I actually think ultra sabers makes a decent heavy grade blade. Um, but they have a ton of diffuser film in there and I'm hearing rattling inside the hilt and I'm like, no way, no way this thing is rattling. No way. (laughs) Right. So I was about to message you like laughing, like no way that I would get the only, and then, I take the blade out, put in one of uh, Doug from San Diego Sabres, who I generally think makes just outstanding blades. Doug Sabres, the best saber at me. They, 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 <laughs> he truly does make phenomenal blades. And um, I stuck one of those in there, and that thing's like silent as a ghost, just shaking it like crazy, hitting a tree with it, nothing. And uh, so that was it for me. That was the moment that was like, okay, I'm – I don't need to worry about anything else. I got my tool now, you know. Oh. Well, you know, it's it's it, it, it's funny that you mentioned like you know something that doesn't that doesn't break because once once I came up with the Allman chassis, I said, all right, let me let me stamp this. Let, let me do a, a timestamp of when I when I created this when when this is going to be you know pretty much the standard of what I send out to people unless someone wants something custom. And they want a charge for it. I'm gonna put that as like an out an outlier. Everything else is gonna be the all in one chassis system, and let's really see what this thing can really do. And the first version, I definitely had to tweak some some things, but quickly within like a month or two, I came up with with a much better version that was really a lot more solid. And a year later, I had two. Out of maybe 150 sabers between like Persuader and Slayer, I had two chassis that broke, and they broke oh because I know that's crazy. I didn't install them right. Like I, <laughs> I might have you know you know uh, didn't didn't put enough solder, or it might have just been something like something something definitely happened where I just didn't where I messed it up, and I'm like, if 150 and I get two that's brilliant that means that you know mm-hmm. my my suppliers for all my for all my stuff switches leds those are good that means the batteries are good right and that just means all right maybe i just need to you know not work till three four o'clock in the morning some some nights you know yeah. And, yeah. yeah and then this this following year um i just checked again and it was the same thing i sold more i sold 215 somewhere around there all in one chassis systems, and I got I got two back. I just got two back within February March, wow. and it was the same thing. It was just something that was just 
done wrong on my end. And it was, it was actually the switches that had failed. And I said, okay, out of 200 or, or so, if two switches fail, that's brilliant. I yeah. can live with that. And for that, you know, I just tell people, Hey, just, and, 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 and this was what, this is what was great was before the all one chassis, we were charging for repair work. It could be $10 here, $20 here, $34 here. And I was sitting there like, I don't want to have to nickel and dime people to repair a saber that, you know, that should not be breaking. Right. It should like, like there's, there's no reason why this thing should not be breaking. If, if there's something on the fault of the user, you know, then let's spend some time and educate the user. But then I'm sitting here like, but I don't want to spend that much time to educate a brand new person to not pull out and not Hulk smash their saber to try and get like the, the chassis out to change the, right. a, a battery, you know? So let's, you know, and that, and, and that led to creating the all in chassis and, you know, it, it's, I get zero repair work. And that means if something's ever wrong, I can just say, Hey, just send it back to me. I'll, I'll fix it. And I'm not going to charge you for anything unless the led breaks, which it's very, very rare that the LEDs break because I only use single or tricrees. It's very rare that they actually break. So just send it back to me and I'll fix it right up, you know, and it's only going to cost you shipping to ship it back to me. And that's it. Right. Which is not going to be expensive because they're lightweight, sleek design. Right. Yeah. You know, and with that, with that policy, I mean, I mean, there's, it, it, it just skyrocketed the amount of business. And I think TSL was definitely the first group that we had partnered with as far as like combat groups go. And from there, it just, it just grew and grew and grew. And then we got Saber, Saber Light Knights. Mm-hmm. And then we got Aiken Stadenberg Academy. We got, um, Hawaii Saber Academy. Oh, yes. Our good friend Keith. You guys are also a part of. Yeah. Uh, yep. Keith is amazing. He's such a cool, cool dude. And, um, yeah, and then it just it, it just grew and grew and grew from there. And then you messaged me out of the blue, and you know here we are. Well, again, mm-hmm. it was mainly Courtney's fault because <laughs> fast forward a year from the last time he's persuading, and he he's <laughs> we're talking about um, just kind of all the stuff going on, including this show that we're doing right now. You know, just talking about hey, this is what SMAF has planned, and Courtney's such a like such a useful person as far as SMAF is concerned, because every time we're like, Hey, what do you think about this idea? He's like, how can we make that work? You know? So he's just one of those people that like his enthusiasm is boundless. So then he's, uh, he's going, you know, did you get one of these yet? And I'm, he's like, you can, you can, uh, you can tell him you're part of Saber Light Knights. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I just tell him I'm part of SMAF and ask him if he wants to be, you know, uh, involved with us and we have been chatting now for about a month and, uh, mm-hmm. it, it sometimes, uh, very funny conversations. Um, <laughs> but we've discovered that, you know, you're, you're a martial artist who designed these things for people who want to treat it like a martial art. And <clears throat> TSL is not like an education organization, but those guys and gals fight hard. Um, yeah. there's no doubt about it. They hit kind of hard. Let me just say that. Uh, but on top of that, they take their hits hard and they want equipment that's going to stand up to that. I can respect that 100%. So for them to say, okay, 
let's get a gang of these and let's make sure that now if you watch a TSL stream, pretty much everybody's using a key saber. If they're not using a key yeah. saber, they're using a very, very expensive saber from somewhere else. But generally speaking, nowadays in, in combat, they're using key sabers because they, they're not breaking. Before you would see lights go off in a blade, you'd see a tip mm -hmm. fly away and then something metal would clang to the floor off of, you know, somebody's hilt because they're just getting caught up in the combat. You don't see that anymore. People's yeah. blades are staying on, hilts are staying silent and nothing's falling out and off. So that to me, that's a big, that's a big reason why we were like, you know, if we're going to have somebody making stuff that we can recommend to beginners and advanced students alike, then it might as well be something that's pretty near impossible to bust up in combat. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so that's why now in our little advertisement for you, I'm telling people like, this is a martial arts tool. It's not like... This is not your your shelf queen. This is not your um, you know super expensive like art artsy artsy saber. This is like a different kind of art. This is like a blacksmith yeah. giving you his best sword or knife. You know what I mean? Um, the one that you're gonna take into the woods over the one that has the super fancy uh wrapped handle and the really nice paired sheath no you're gonna take the one that has like the really sharp blade the nice hard edge right and comes in a sheet that's not gonna rip <laughs> that's it yeah. that's it that's all you care about <laughs> so to me that's kind of what your sabers have become now you also do sell replica sabers and things like that from a partner company of yours I don't know if you mm -hmm. want to talk about that too much or anything, but they are beautiful replicas. I mean, so, you know, this, it, it, it was interesting because once, once the persuader was out, that got a lot of attention. The Slayer got out, that skyrocketed everything, the all-in-one chassis. Then I started doing sound all-in-one chassis that could work in conjunction with the all-in-one stunt mm -hmm. chassis. So people can just, and that was, that was something that, you know, at the time I knew that it was going to be, you know, something that was, that was probably going to be replicated by, by other companies. And I have seen other companies now come out with like a nice all in one sliding out chassis. They still have the buttons on the side. Yeah. I've only seen, I think, I think one other company has a button within the pommel, but it's, I've, I, I bought one just to really see if I could test it out. Cause I'm like, all right, if someone's coming out with something that's similar to my thing, maybe they're doing it better. Maybe I could tweak something. Maybe I can make it, make it better and you know i was i was relieved to be like all right so you know this is still here this is still here you know you know this isn't done that way okay so you know you know maybe i could tweak this around a little bit too but um you know someone can go from stunt to sound really really easily and like you said people can have their shelf queens like right. i call them belt belt candies you know, um, candies. I like that. I might have to adopt <laughs> that term. I have, I have made like super, super fancy ones. Like, you know, you know, you, you can see this one here. It's, um, that is gorgeous. Uh, the Ito has Steve on here. written all so over it, doesn't it? I've started to do, to do this yeah. and offer this in multiple colors and multiple different, different styles. I have powder coating leather wrapping and then i started to get into other types of wrapping too so like i can make you like a really nice fancy saber um you know but 
in all intents and purposes, that fancy saber is still going to last. Right. It's still going to be the thing right. that is the most reliable thing within your arsenal. You might not want to fight with it because it's it's fancy, it's really nice, right. it's beautiful, but I still build them to fight with and I encourage people still fight with this weapon. Do not just leave it on the shelf. Please fight with it. I love that. And you're like a toy maker telling people not to leave it on the peg, you know? Right. You know, like, you know, this isn't something that you just put on display. You know, you don't, you don't just open it up and then you play with it for one minute. Like it's like, it's Christmas time and you're five years old and your parents like, all right, let's put it back in the box now. You know, this is something that you still are going to want to play with and you still, you know, take out again and again and again, and it's still going to, going to work. Um, even if you're just like cosplaying so, and you use it to like choreograph something fun, you're still hitting each other <clears throat> with enough impact to damage. And like one of my hilts broke doing choreography. It wasn't even, you know, it wasn't even hard combat. So even with control stuff breaks. So yeah. if, if you can, why not? <laughs> why not? Exactly. <laughs> so this this company, um, which is starting to become a lot more well-known here within the U.S., and mainly because they're they're looking for people who can rep their their products here in the U.S. And a lot of people that are doing it are resellers. There aren't a lot of people who are their own sabersmiths. And the reason why I I took them on was number one, I don't want to worry about making replicas. I get so many inquiries from people saying, can you make a replica and you can, can you make it battle worthy? And I'm like, I don't want to have to worry about that. Cause number one, I don't think you should be battling with replicas. Right. I mean, they are gorgeous works of art to me personally. I mean, I love star Wars and I love, you know, each and every design. And I think that there is a place for, for each and every designed, you know, saber for the characters, but mm-hmm. I don't think that the place is in combat. I think it's belt candy. I think it's a shelf piece. If you want to take it out and tinker it and maybe, you know, fight one-on-one with your buddy just to, you know, so you can feel like Luke Skywalker or Darth Maul, like do it, go for it. But this isn't something that you bring into a competition. Right. So, you know, this, this company was making good, reliable replicas that you could still combat with. And, you know, I've, I've personally bought a couple of them they combat very very well i'm not saying that they are at all anywhere close (laughs) to competition worthy (laughs) but they are good battle sabers you know so if someone says hey can i like take this thing around and beat the crap out of my friends go ahead you know (laughs) but you know if if it breaks which it might get a ding in the aluminum you know something something might you know crack or splinter or you know whatever if if that happens, it's unfortunate because it's a replica. Yeah. I can't go back and fix that thing, you know. So I always encourage people: if you are going to combat with them, please be aware that this is a replica. There are a lot of working and moving parts within the actual saber themselves, and yes. just you know, obviously battle with caution. If you're going to battle in a competition, please, I highly encourage you to look at the persuader or the slayer. Please do not go to a competition with an Anakin. Let me just Just do everybody listening a favor. Just get yourself a persuader or a slayer. (laughs) Okay. And then next time we get some ridiculous stimulus in 2031, uh, go ahead and buy yourself the shelf candy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But for now, if you want to beat your friends up, 
buy yourself a persuader or a slayer. Uh, so let's talk just a little bit about um, kind of – so if I was maybe somebody who's been in to Saber Combat for a few months now, and let's just say I'm learning – uh, Shicho or like my school or my personal equivalent of a beginning saber form, which of your two hilts would you say to go with and why? And if you can't choose one and you want to say one or, you know, you want to talk about both a little bit, tell me why they would be good for a basic practitioner, a beginning practitioner. So, that's that's a good question i get this question a lot from from people whether they are brand new starting out whether they have never picked up a lightsaber before other than you know something toy from disney right or they they've been in the community for you know like you were saying two plus maybe six months they've held a couple of their friends persuade um not not persuaders uh sabers from other companies and they want something else or they saw my price point and they're like, oh, you know, this is actually something that's affordable for me. You know, what do you, what do you recommend? To me, I consider that a loaded question because super loaded. That's why I asked it. it, (laughs) It's it's all about how you're going to use the weapon. It's all about, you know, you know, um, your, your size, whether you like two handed combat or one handed combat, whether you are someone who, you know, um, favors maybe Makashi over Sarisu. Maybe you're someone who, you know, favors Ataru. Maybe you're someone who, 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 who just wants to focus on Shicho or, you know, whether you're someone who wants to look like, you know, Anakin or Obi-Wan Kenobi or whether you actually want to study the forms or whether you have a martial arts background. So, it it all like that that tailors what i would recommend for someone because at the end of the day yes i do feel like you can never go wrong with getting the persuader however if someone likes something that can adjust in size you know go from 13 inches to 16 inches if someone wants a suva if someone wants to be able to hold the saber with two hands and feel very, very comfortable. If someone's more petite in size, if someone's more, you know, six foot three, 250 pounds, you know, it, it, that, that all depends on whether I will maybe recommend the Slayer or whether right. I will recommend the Persuader. Right. And then it goes into a blade length too, like what people feel is more comfortable for them. Have they, have they held a saber before, you know, do they want something that's a long reach? Do they want something that's a little more comfortable and balanced? Mm-hmm. So I ask a lot of those questions when people approach me with that, with that same question, you know, I have a lot of questions back for them too. Yeah. You know, what's, what's your martial art background? You know, um, that's important for people to hear you? though, that you take that kind of interest in like, if there, that's something that impresses me. I'm, I like hunting and there's a hunting company <laughs> that makes clothing for hunting and the people that work at this company, there's only a handful of them. And they use all of the stuff that they um, sell like 200 days out of the year. They'll like go hunting in the morning and then work the phones in the afternoon or work the phones in the morning and go hunting in the afternoon. And so that when people call and ask about their products, 
they can ask the same sorts of questions back. What kind of game do you like to hunt? Where are you hunting? What state are you in? Are you in Canada? Blah, 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 right. blah. Um, and so to me, that's the, that's a similar thing and, and really useful to be able to just reach out to you. Cause you're super easy to get a hold of You're like, <laughs> if you just message key sabers through Facebook or Instagram, like you'll get Kyle in pretty short order mm-hmm. and he'll be happy to answer your questions on this kind of stuff because Correct me if I'm wrong, but you want people to get the saber that's going to fit for them. Yes. I want some, like, I don't, my whole thing was if I started off this hobby already owning a saber company and knowing what sabers were about, I would have just made my own saber. I never would have bought from any other company because every other company just wants to sell you their cool design. Mm-hmm. There, there, there are very, very rare supply of sabersmiths that will actually say, "Okay, this is the saber for you. This is what I recommend right. that you should use because of your skill level, because of what you want to do, because of your combat style." There are, there, there are very, very rare. You know, I've only met maybe, you know, one or two other ones, but, you know, that that goes into, you know do you want a comfortable grip? Do you want something there? Are, are you going to wear, wear gloves? You know, do you want leather versus, I mean, there, I, I don't just make a saber because it looks, I, I can, I can make a saber because it looks pretty, right. but I'd rather make a saber because it's practical. You know, right. I have leather wraps on my sabers because I like a comfortable grip. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of my personal sabers, I have the whole grip leather because I don't know if I'm going to want to hold it here or if I'm going to want it two-handed here. So I have a lot of my sabers with a nice, comfortable grip. You know, um, there are people who want to hold their sabers more towards the emitter and they might sweat a lot. So I'll recommend going with a battle wrap, which is a sweat resistant instead of wearing, wearing out a leather wrap, which if they sweat a lot during combat, they're going to wear out a leather wrap in like maybe two months the yeah. the actual you know the the battle wrap that's going to last them about a good year two three years maybe you know and then that that goes into okay so are you going to two hand this thing maybe maybe you should think about getting a wrap towards the bottom handle too to help with your two-handed combat right. so there, there's a lot of those things that i go into when people ask me you know what saber do you do you recommend or you know i was thinking about getting this but i'm not sure you know there's there, there's there, there's all practicality to how I create a saber for someone or customize a saber for for, for someone. So that might Man, bring you us. Man, you smiling ear to ear over here. I loved every <laughs> sentence in the last like forty minutes. Uh, it's you, been forty minutes I since we so heard from res- you. <laughs> I have so like I've been listening. I'm sorry. I've been cooking. I opened up some gifts for a two year old. Doesn't matter. I have been listening and I have been smiling for the last 40 minutes because like the words this man says, like, you know, how do people look at this lightsaber and think it's OK? Like, oh, my God, I love you. I yeah. kiss you. It's a pandemic right now. This is amazing. <laughs> no, that's a good point, cool. Nick. Like people. I mean, I'm guilty of the same. Like you go to you, you get that new like like pretty thing right and you're like oh this is gonna be my saber and i'm going to fight with it so many times and win battles for years what right? is this this is my is this? this is my superhero pose and oh, okay. that just doesn't happen it's just not gonna happen especially if yeah. you go with like 
baseline features. You know what I'm saying? But then that's the difference here that I think Nick is making Nick so happy is the ba- <laughs> got a little one over here. The baseline features <laughs> are the things that we usually pay to upgrade so that they don't break. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, what I I think the the care that you put in for customer service. I used to work at Starbucks and I became a coffee master cuz I cared about the craft that I was doing and that's it shows when you are asking the questions of well how do you fight and uh, what kind of style do you do? What do you prefer to use? Two-handed or one-handed? Mm-hmm. And it's something that you are detailing to them because if from experience for me, finding that perfect cup of coffee for them and understanding their taste, understanding what they like and trying to make it to them because and it's more personable right. and it's more yeah. memorable and that gets people like, hey, this guy really cares and you understand because you are a martial artist. And so it's so it's nice to hear and it's it's really rare, as you said, that when you find a sabersmith who puts the time, the detail and everything. And I've been we've been hearing, especially in San Diego Sabres, a lot of your hills. Um, I know uh, Matthew Dominguez, one of our knights, he has a couple. We have Jonathan Pena, who's one of our seasoned Padawans. He has yeah, one. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he's been like ranting and raving about it. And then <laughs> for style wise, we have one of our nights, Lauren Kanja. He's like, I got one. I got a persuader <laughs> and it matches my armor. I'm like, of course it That's does. so luring the way you just it said is. that. <laughs> but I got one. <laughs> yeah. It's so nice because it's versatile and you have not just and it's not just one group it's you're spread throughout the country and and maybe even the world i don't know yeah but it's so nice to hear that yeah i also want to add one more thing because i heard uh probably like 30 minutes ago granted so super off topic but you said at one point they may not be the prettiest sabers but to me as someone who uses these like you know eight hours a week at at the least like your sabers at least on the marketplace they are They're really beautiful. Sorry, phone. They're really beautiful. It's all right. I'm going to have to edit it anyway. Because I know they're going to work and they're going to do well. And that's, that to me is true beauty. The fact that they work. That's exactly what, I, what I'm saying too. And, and oh, yeah. there's that little patina too. Like I'm looking at your site and I'm going weathered, polished, stock. <laughs> and then I'm like stock. Like if I was a Jedi, right? I would want all of the patina to come from combat. I would want all of the the character natural. to come from yeah, natural natural mm-hmm. weathering. Weathering exactly. We so, uh but but that's the thing like even though they're going to get a couple dings and scratches and your wedding ring might, you know, add a little love tap here and there, they're still not going to break. They're still mm-hmm. not going to start rattling on you and if they do send it back like you'll Mm -hmm. fix it up for them and get them back into the ring in no time and yeah i think katie customer service is something that's maybe lacking if if i am to be so bold in the saber industry customer service is maybe lacking in a big way no i've heard numerous stories about people trying to get a hold of sabers and they're like i have like a broken saber i haven't heard from them I don't know where my saber is. I ordered it like three 
months ago. And I feel like I, ever since moving out, well, even before moving out to where we are now, I've always, my husband and I've always been of let's support the mom and pop shops, the local businesses that show that they care. And I love how you, you're a mom and pop shop. I'm going to yeah, use that term very yeah. deeply. For an <laughs> online store, right? Yeah. And it, it shows that you care and you can take that time and be very personable. And it's something, it's a loss. I've, it, not just in Saber community, but just in a lot of businesses, it's a lost art yes. of trying to accommodate to your customers. And I'm from customer service, I will understand that there are some people that you're just like, dude, shut up, leave me alone. But, <laughs> but it, you put a smile on and then they sh- like stepping back and like, wow, I was really a jerk. And they still treated me like I didn't do anything. And it's, it's huge. It's very impactful. And so, well, you know, they had that saying, what is it? Buy it once, buy it right. Or, or buy it right. Or buy it twice. Right. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's the same idea as far as like what you're manufacturing for people. You want to build it right or you're going to have to build it twice and that's going to cost you twice, maybe three Mm -hmm. times. Right. So you're not making any money if you're not building stuff that's, and I guess maybe that's wrong because a lot of these companies that we're kind of putting on blast, but you know, maybe they should pay a little bit more attention. I'm just going to put that out. I'm going to add a notation to that. It's so far for me personally in the last, what, five, six years I've been doing this. It isn't just buy it right, buy it twice. It's more buy it about 16 times and then yeah. finally find the and right one. And then find the right one. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's where we got to Key Sabres a month ago. And in the board of directors meeting, I'm going, guys, we need to do this because Courtney's telling me that they don't break. And we need to – when people come to us and they say, well, what Sabre company would you recommend for my fr- – like we want to be able to tell them something that they can take out there and learn with and not have to mm-hmm. worry about – if they're the going to be able – yeah, like if you're constantly rebuying or repairing Sabres because, you know, you're buying stock models of other manufacturers that aren't cutting it, then you're never going to come back to class if, you're sa- if, if your tools for class don't right. work. If your pencil no, I, point keeps breaking, you can't write, you know? Yeah. No, I completely agree. When, um, when we had newer students or people who were interested in classes – they would always say, where would I get a saber? And uh, I would always suggest to them, like, before we had a better understanding of, like, under, of key sabers, we, um, I always suggest, I'm like, well, you can do something they're a little bit wider, but they're cheaper because you feel better dropping, like, 50 bucks than, like, $500 on, like, a saber because they're $500 and right, really expensive. Right, 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 right. And for a student to, because we always – um, for the newer students that came in, like go around like and ask people if you can feel their saber out and see if you like it. But now I, I'm, I know I think Eric and I are going to be telling uh, the new council for SES of like start encouraging people to get key sabers. We have plenty of fighters who use them, and we know a lot of fighters who love this company. And Kyle is just a really nice guy and very personable. Hello, that that's what you do now. You buy mm-hmm. one of those and you see how it goes for you. And mm-hmm. if you don't necessarily this, I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit off base saying this, but if you don't necessarily like the one you got, I don't think you're going to have a hard time finding somebody else in the group or whatever. Who's like, okay, I'll buy it for you from, you know, I'll buy it from you for a little bit off. Oh, because yeah. I want to use that saber now. You yeah, know? no, there's a lot of tradings and whatnot of like, Hey, I'm selling this cause I don't like it. 
or it doesn't fit right, or I, you know, I can't continue this, the, this hobby that I really like because of life and understanding. So there's always trading amongst people in school, out of school, other people. So it's always a thing. I think like if you, if you do get something though, and you're like, man, this thing's not going to break. And then you, you fight with that. Maybe you get the other model. Like, let's say you buy a Slayer and then you're like, oh, I'll just buy a Persuader. Cause why not? I got mm -hmm. an extra $115 laying around. Let me see if I can up my Jarkai game here by having the two different size hilts or whatever. And you just discover now like, okay, I've got this for these type, like when I'm using form one and form five, I'm going to use the Slayer because of the extra hilt length. I can get some more power, some more stability out of it. But then when I'm going to Makashi or Seresu or Ataru, I'm going to go back to the Persuader because I can do one handed just that much more speed or that much more mobility, you know? Well, that was, that was the idea behind, you know, creating not not creating the same weapon over and over and over again because i remember going to company you know you know other other companies i saw you know maybe five or six designs that looked almost exactly the same and i'm just sitting there in the back of my head i'm like gosh how much how much inventory must they have like you know i i i grew up from you know you know wanting to own my own my own business and having a lot of friends and, and family yeah. that had their their own business and the one thing that they always said do not get boggled down by so much inventory right if you, you know have have like five maybe maybe six or fewer like skews and that's it start off with that find out what what your flagship is, what your, what your big, big seller is and just push that and drive that and don't get rid of it because that's going to, that's going to keep, keep your business. And that's going to maintain like the name, the quality, the, mm -hmm. like, like what, what your business stands for. And, you know, and, and that has been the persuader for us, you know? Um, and it's, it, it's funny that, you know, you mentioned a lot of the questions and concerns that people have, you know, what you can recommend and, and things like that. I am so personal with people because this is what I wish I got when I got into the, to, to the Sabre community. I wish that I, that I was told, Hey, you know, think about this before you're buying this. Think about that. I was honestly just told, Hey, just check out the, this company, see what looks pretty and just get one. Yeah. Get whichever one you like the best. Go from there. But I was, but I was forced and, and drilled like, just get a saber, just get a saber, yeah. just get a saber, just get a saber. And, you know, it, 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 to me, it kind of ruined the, the experience of really designing something for yourself, creating something that's personal to you, you know, having this be your own weapon. I mean, I've, I've had people where I literally just add, you know, one, one wrap and I'm sitting there like, you know, I spent maybe five, six, seven weeks talking with you about you know getting which saber and how you want it like are you sure you don't want me to add something else to it you know like i can just throw it on the lathe and just add a few couple of things to kind of make it more of a one-of-a-kind piece for you and they're like could you really and i'm like yes of course <laughs> why not why wouldn't i do that you know this is something that's you i don't yeah i don't I don't want you to have to look at this thing and be like, oh, all right, I got to fight with this. Like, no, I want you to look at this weapon and be like, yes, like I can't wait to pick this thing up and just beat the crap out of somebody. Because yes. I know I'm, you know, I'm probably going to win because my saber's still going to be on and yes. I'm going to beat theirs down to death. Yes. 
in our schools, I've heard that in a lot of competitions. I've heard that in our schools, mm-hmm. you, your saber goes off. You're, you don't, you don't get yeah. points until you have a That's what functioning saber. That's just yeah. the end of it. That's um, a huge thing. Yep. And, um, if your blade breaks or the tip falls out, mm-hmm. that's another thing. Like you're not allowed to compete with a busted blade. So right. to yeah. me, having that blade depth, first of all, it not only adds balance and control to the weapon because you're basically holding a tang, but Thank you're you. like, you're, you're generally speaking, you're adding a ton of strength too, because you're supported by that double the amount of aluminum that you're usually supported by. Now, I, I, you know, coming up from a martial arts background, I remember being like, you know, 15, 16 years old and, you know, going to some rinky dink website or whatever and seeing like a katana on yes. sale for like $120. I'm like, oh, this looks, <laughs> this looks gorgeous. I have no idea yes. what the hell I'm doing. It <laughs> looks nice. I want to be a samurai. Yes. I'm buying it. I mowed like five or six lawns. I can afford it. Don't worry. <laughs> I can afford it. <laughs> and this was my mindset at like 15, 16 years old. I'm like, you know what? This is going to be so badass. I'm going to love this. And I get it. And I'm like, all right, I start chopping down trees, start cutting this down and cutting that down. And then I'm sitting there and I finally study what goes into building an actual katana or building a samurai yeah. and you know, like what, what goes into making this thing. And I'm like, man, I should have checked if it was a full tang or not. Yeah. I should have. You know, like there's, 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 there's so many things that just come up yeah. and I'm like, man, I should have, but that was, that was the one, the one thing that I, from, from that point on, I said, everything needs to be a full tang weapon. Like I need to have the whole blade still be a part of the handle. Yeah. So when, when I partnered with Chow and we were making weapons and that was something that he had in mind when we were designing the persuader, I'm like that, like, yes, that makes sense to me. And that's been something that I've kept along with all my other designs. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to have to re recreate the persuader. I don't, I don't want to have to recreate the slayer. They serve their, their purpose for the types of weapons that they are, whether they're a 16 inch hilt, a 13 inch, you know, a one handed, two handed. And now, you know, like, you know, you and I were talking like I'm I'm moving on to creating, you know, a Tanto hilt, something that just sits at like six and a half inches, oh, creating so a, mm-hmm. a double bladed saber, you know, something yeah. that is actually a true double bladed saber where yeah. you don't have to worry about, you know, the flimsiness of it because the blades are going to sit in because typically with a double bladed saber, you're not going to rock a 40 inch blade. No, you're no. going to, you know, you might. Now, with with what I'm creating, you might want to use a 40 inch blade because I'm gonna have at least seven eighths, you know, you know, seven or eight inches of blade depth, right. and that's gonna give you all that control. Oh my god! You know, Can you so imagine the blade a double bladed saber be something. with 16 inches of blade depth between? between <laughs> you know what that's I mean? Like nice. that's it would just be so cool. You know, it's kind of not possible to make a truly uh, full tang lightsaber right now right. because of the electronics, the electronics and stuff yeah but half tang you know one third tang is way more than anybody else is offering that i know of yeah, yeah. unless yeah. it's a non-removable blade then they might have figured a way to put the electronics inside of the polycarbonate in some way or whatever but i don't know of them i don't know of them um yeah. and 
when I do see those ones, like the hilt is like, what did Courtney call it? A pipe bomb. You know, it's yeah. like a pipe bomb. Yeah. They're, well, because usually with the, cause my youngest sister wanted to learn uh, staff, the double yeah. blade. Yeah. And they always had like, it's two long standards size saber lengths and then a chassis or a, a, a coupling in the middle. And it's then it's like from, you know, from standard one and then you add another standard one and then you add a coupler. So it's like huge. And then you add the blades to it and they're like going that far in. Right. It's just like it's ridiculous. And it's so clunky and bulky. It's really oh, hard. Heavy. To really. Do any, yeah. Especially so, how long you have to like hold and twirl it. <laughs> I mean, if if and this is something that, like you said, you and I have been talking about, but definitely we're we're gonna be doing some r and d here between between our two organizations here to to have an all in one chassis inside of a double bladed saber would be just amazing. I don't know how you're gonna do it yet. I know you haven't quite figured out a way that's to your liking yet, but right right something that's that that's actually going to be able to withstand combat yeah and, you know, if you want to yeah. drop oh it gosh, out of a 747 yeah. it's still going to turn on like yeah I, well I, and i i still got to figure something out you know we've been talking about like like <laughs> this is something i know eric might go off on us anytime now but this is like one of those <laughs> things that just drives me insane is when you watch a tournament and everybody's fighting with a quote-unquote pike and that pike, that pike is 20 inches of hilt with like 40 inches of blade. I've never seen that before all the yeah. time. All, all the time. And I would love for, yeah. you know, obviously I'd love for it to be you, but I'd love for the, that, that situation to be like, here, I'm going to order a saber pike i'm not going to cobble it together out of six Mm -hmm. extenders from so-and-so saber shop and you know Uh, blah 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 and who knows where the led is going to fit and it's going to weigh 19 pounds (laughs) you know i don't want that i want just a nice 70 inch shaft with like a a 10 inch little blade at the end that i can just stab people for years with uh, and it's going to weigh there four pounds. So many jokes right now. Oh, I know. It's so, it's so great. Um, you know, a cross guard saber, you and I were talking about this and I know oh, you're not oh, the boy. world's biggest cross guard saber fan. And uh, Hey, not. I feel to just throw it out there. <laughs> most Yo, wait, of we, the, we, we, we pooping on some cross guards. I'm down to poop on some cross guards. Well, most Shut of, up, the, Nick. Most of the cross guard designs we see now, it's like, they're just these – they're like that katana that you bought for 100 bucks, right? Like they're just oh, these sort of cheap-looking, okay. not very usable, don't-make-any-practical-sense things. That's almost like a cross-guard design isn't supposed to work with a lightsaber. That's, Ooh, who'd have guessed? I know. Okay? No way. But I, I told Kyle that I was going to try and convince him that it was doable. So Okay. Well, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I, here, here's my thing, and it's not, it's not by any means a good defense of this, okay? <laughs> but it's, it's my only, it. it's my only defense. So, my buddy Bede and I, we've, been, we've messed around with cross guard sabers quite a bit, and I had Alan, um, I didn't, ha- he actually got it done for me, without me knowing, but he made a couple of those Action Flex foam sabers with cross guards. He got them made for me, and. The way that he has them, 
it's just the hilt and the blades, the quillen blades go all the way to the hilt so that there's no like extra emitter metal parts off the side so that if for any reason your blade slides down and catches the cross guard as it's supposed to be caught, it's blade on blade on blade. There's like all plasma at the intersection there. But if you have emitters that are sticking out from the side a little bit and sticking out from the top a little bit, like Kylo Ren Saber has those vents on the side. If mm -hmm. a blade were to slide down and hit that, well, you can't you can't even pretend that that thing is blocking the lightsaber blade. You can't even pretend. So here's the thing. If the blade or the hilt rather is like one normal looking lightsaber hilt that just happens to have extra tiny, tiny little, not like nine inch quillions, not nine, like two to three, maximum four inch hanging off the side. It's possible for you to fight without cutting your wrist off more than once. Okay. <laughs> possible. That's it's my defense. Argument. That's it. The, I, I know. I know. I didn't problem, say it was though. great. I just said it was happening. Well, the, the problem is that you're fundamentally changing lightsaber combat at that point if you're trapping blades. Yes. That is true. That's, See, that's, I... that's my, main, my main point. Dude. Okay. Thank you for that. Lay it on me, please. Kyle and okay. Eric are kindred spirits. I I personally feel, and this was this was the main reason why. Number one, we don't like to put our switches on the side. Um, we keep them inside the pommel. We keep the we we try, and we we encourage people when they're when they're going through and customizing one of our sabers to try and keep the actual body of the saber as sleek as possible. Right. Because nobody should have to adjust the way that they fight because the saber itself makes them adjust the way that they fight. Right, and that is right. exactly what a cross guard does. It's true. It's not a long sword. It's not at it all. It doesn't act like one. Those really. quillions light up, you know, and if those quillions did not light up, beautiful. You have a long sword and that can work, you know, because you can use that for for your attacks. You can use that to bonk someone on the head. Go right ahead. But, you know, you should never have to adjust the way that you that you fight and how you hold a saber. Because the moment I picked up a Kylo Ren saber, because I had made, like, I I made, uh, I'm, I'm guilty of it, I, I've made a, a few crossguard sabers. I modify the Persuader to make a crossguard saber. And I did it a little bit differently <clears throat> because typically you'll have the the quillions come out i mean they're they're, they're probably about an, an inch below the emitter and then right. you have the quillions so most cross guards you only have an inch maybe two inches of blade depth you still had four inches of blade depth and your right. quillions were still only about an inch below the emitter so the the blades the blade stock went further past the quillions on the, the side so i mean it was it was a great design i got a lot of you know praise for it but when I've never made one for myself because I've never combat with the thing. I, 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 I can't, I cannot like fight with that cross guard knowing that these quillions are going to be out there possibly cutting my hand off, you know, ripping up my, right. my torso, whenever I do a spin or, 
you know, nicking my arms and I don't, I don't want to have to worry you know, surprisingly, about surprisingly though, the, the, the most common self inflicted injury between me and bead was just whacking ourselves in the head as we would oh, like wow. go to a guard position or something. Especially for me, because when I, when I guard, you know, like I'll, I'll bring my hand like, right, right, right here right. and then I'll, and then I'll use that to, to push up so i don't want to yeah. have to cut my you know give give my eyebrows a, a, a trim you know when <laughs> i'm you know, holding a, a, a cross guard saber i mean i'll i'll still design them because people want them they're still out there people people love them but i'm not gonna love doing it as much as you know some of the other weapons right. but if <laughs> if if i'm going to create one i'm gonna create it right and, I, and i'm gonna create it so that you can actually combat with it safely. You still have a lot of blade depth to it. You, you don't, don't have, have five, six inch much. quillions sticking out. You know, like I'm, I'm going to have it to where it's maybe about an inch, maybe, maybe two inches max of a quillion, you know, like extension. And then you have your, your mm. blades in there. So, but that's, that's, that's the way up within the future. Let's that's, uh that's just my take on them. Let's uh quickly say good evening to uh Sifu Alan Venable, the president of the Saber Martial Arts Foundation. He is with us tonight. Hello there. Uh, <laughs> I actually do have two questions for you, Kyle. Uh first yeah, sure. before I ask those questions though, uh thank you for my uh new slayer that's in the mail. It should be arriving Tuesday. Uh, secondly oh, cool. uh, you're welcome. Yeah, the two things though is one uh, are we, I don't know if you guys have asked this yet, are, are we going to see a curved hilt from you anytime mm. in, in the future? Katie, how about that reaction? <laughs> and, Sorry. And secondly, how do you feel about rapier guards? Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Um, rapier, like, I, I do like a guard on, on a hilt. That will definitely be something that so <clears throat> i wanted to create a a different version of the persuader and essentially what that was going to be was a modular style hilt and i've i've still been tweaking around with it seeing what i want to do with it um or it might just end up being my standalone six and a half inch hilt and if it's my standalone six and a half inch hilt it will feature a different type of emitter guard. So the emitter will uh, essentially slide off and you'll be able to have a hand guard on there. And oh, you can just slide so cool. it on similar to how you have the Suba. And I was thinking you can just slide it on. And I, I, I still have to figure out because I want it to be secure. I want it to be safe mm -hmm. for use. I don't, I don't want it to be flailing around or, or you know, or anything like that and i've seen a lot of wicked designs you know a lot of really fancy crazy designs like three musketeer style mm -hmm. um you know so i definitely want to keep it safe i want to keep it practical but i also want to kind of you know like maybe give it a little bit of flair you yeah. know if i can um yeah. but that's but that's the that's the idea so yes that will be coming it will most likely be solely for the six and a half inch hill Every time you say that, I get so excited inside. 
I want twelve of them. I can only hold. Oh, two it's at a so time. cute! Isn't it? It's, it's like just this... like a little baby. We might be picking because my husband's actually been looking at smaller ones. Yeah. We saw somebody use it, and then Eric was like, "That looks really interesting. I like the idea." Just as, and just to see it, and also I know my husband's wanting to have a rapier style saber just for the looks. Yeah, not really for the thing. I correct Ceremonial me if I'm wrong. Saber almost. Yeah, we can use yeah. it for knighting. I'm I'm down for saber cigars. You know, yeah. They were hey. <laughs> for the look. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I do want to answer but, his his first question though about the curved hilt. Yes, yes, the curved hilt is definitely something that I've been wanting to do. Um, <laughs> I will I will throw it out there and say because I noticed in the background you have a one. The one that's in the background yeah yep yep that one <laughs> um i don't i don't like that design i want something that is heavily modified so yeah oh, okay okay <laughs> so, i know. want something that is that is you know a lot smaller because what i've what i've noticed a lot of people do is they'll take an 11 12 inch long hilt and then they'll 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 have that that bend in it mm -hmm. um I want that bend to kind of start from, you know, maybe two inches from the emitter and just just slightly enough mm -hmm. and then bend it a little bit more and then bend it a little bit more and then have really, really short um, pommel so that when you're holding this thing, it's almost like, I mean, I don't want to equate it to this. I don't like to equate it, but it's almost like you're holding a handgun, like a really comfortable mm -hmm. six, six um, bullet you know, peacemaker. You know, something really, really comfortable and nice. Well, that'll make that'll and, make Nick happy. He's all about that. Like mm -hmm. yeah. I can uh, see I, myself really getting behind that. <laughs> that's that's something that, that I want to do. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, the, so uh, I still haven't that's... figured out how I'm going to do it because there's multiple ways to do it. You can you could take the aluminum, bend it yourself, or you could do a die cast mold and then just slap them together. Um, I definitely want to feel which is safer, which is which is better, because I've noticed has that that die cast and they slap them together, and people have you know had issues with like you know the metal coming apart and then pinching. Right. So maybe going with a hilt and then and then bending it is better. But the thing too, and this is something that I that I haven't mentioned when I when I first started was I like to keep a price point affordable. So if yeah. someone's going to buy a lightsaber, I don't want them spend. I mean, if they want to, they absolutely can, and I can sell them a seven eight hundred dollar saber. I have, I've, I've, I've made them with like all the bells and whistles, and they look gorgeous and beautiful. But I don't want to do that for the everyday mm -hmm. person that's coming to my site and saying, yeah. "Hey, can I get a saber that works?" Yeah, I want to start off by selling them something that's ninety dollars, a hundred dollars, that's really affordable, you know, and that's something that I want to look into going in when I when I create the cross guard, the tanto blade, the the curved hilt, you know, the double blade saber. Like I want to, so I want something to have. still be affordable, you know. <laughs> and something like that, if I can keep it under one hundred and fifty dollars or even at that price point, beautiful. So that's my goal. Oh, that would be amazing. I appreciate that. That would that be very amazing. Well. 
even at $200, a really good, sturdy, curved tilt would be totally affordable. Yeah. I know a couple of our guys are going to be buying it. In the shop like eight times. I was going (laughs) to say, and doesn't that like start at $200 something dollars? Yeah. And that's 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 without without anything. There's no light in it. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's It's just the aluminum. Yeah. Yeah. And even that's not really that great. So. Kyle, um, what kind of blade sizing would you say fits that hilt really nicely? Like, if you wanted to do something a little more rapier style where the blade is kind of long compared to the hilt anyway, but the balance is still there? So, I, this was maybe two years after I started with Saber Guild. Um, TCSS, which is another well-known company where, where yeah. people can go online, kind of like build build their own sabers from yeah. the ground up. And they have a lot of good accessories and parts that you can get to. Mm-hmm. Um, they started coming out with a 7-8 blade that was heavy duty. So it was a 1-8 thick. Yeah. And when that came out, I said, ooh, I need to try this out. And not a lot of people were making adapters. Funny enough, if you have a thin wall blade, and you just slice off a little a little small chunk, it fits directly onto a seven eighths blade. And that was my adapter. <laughs> so I made it I made it work and I started using seven eighths blades and I have not turned away from using seven eighths blades. That's all I use. And I can get an immense amount of control and balance just with using a seven eighths heavy grade blade. And with with this six and a half with, with this hilt, um, I can I can go. I have I think my longest was thirty four inches with oh, this. Oh wow! I'm I'm comfortable with using twenty eight inches of of blade stock, but I've gone out to about thirty four inches and still felt very very comfortable. You know, as you go longer and longer, you do kind of feel that that like slight wobble. Yeah, as you're striking your it gets tip heavy i got you about right right at about 34 using a 7 8 inch it was it was it was really still spot on wow so that's two of you guys now in this chat that are swearing by the 7 8 eric i know you've been trying to convert me for a couple years now i so heavy swear grade 7 8 are amazing yeah he yeah. Uh, he got he asked doug to make him a doug blade of 7 8 uh-huh. and eric absolutely loves it and it's something I just actually I just texted Eric. I'm like, I think you and Kyle are kindred spirits. You guys need to talk more. <laughs> um, yeah, you can always message me whenever you want. I'm definitely available. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. One thing I wanted to bug you a little more about that we haven't asked you too too much about is your personal martial arts experience. So mm-hmm. um especially how it relates to because you obviously speak the language of the seven forms. And if any of our listeners don't speak the language of the seven forms, that's okay. Like we kind of, we've kind of been elaborating a little bit here and there, but we're going to have so many of these talks that you'll get to know what we're talking about really quickly. But that is an advantage to people who call you and say like, Oh, I like to fight Makashi or, but, and you can right away kind of know what they're talking about. But you personally, your martial arts upbringing and how it relates to how you fight with a saber, um, what what does all of that kind of look like? So <clears throat> when I when I picked up a saber, I mean my my martial arts background was 
Tai Chi. So for me, it was, it was a lot of like ebb and flow for me. So I, I fell in love. Now this is, this is me, you know, being, you know, like just fresh out of the womb. I love Star Wars. I grew up loving Star Wars, but I, I did not study Star Wars. Mm -hmm. You know, I loved it for what it was and what it represented, you know, the sci-fi, the thrill, the, the battles, the drama, right. You know, I, I loved it for that. And I fell in love with it when I started building lightsabers, you know, like really found like that, that, that deep rooted, rooted passion for me. Um, but you know, I was, I was a big like karate guy. Like I, I, I studied, um, Kempo as well mm -hmm. too. So for me, when I started to look at the seven forms and this is why I give like a lot of my appreciation to Sabre Gold because the gentleman, Eric, who, who taught me, you know, he, he took the seven forms and really broke them down so that people who, who knew martial arts or people who just, you know, maybe had a black belt, you know, or, or, you know, you know, studied a little Muay, Muay Thai, you know, they could look at this and say, oh, well, I can, I, I can immediately adapt to that form. I can go to that form. And, he looked at me and he said, you'd feel so comfortable with Ceriso. Like that should be your form. And I looked at it and he started showing me a couple of moves here and there. And it was literally like, it was just like, everything was just flowing, mm -hmm. you know, everything that I had learned. And it was, <clears throat> that's when, that's when I really started to study the seven forms and pick out where, you know, different martial arts and different, you know, studies really adapted and kind of and built this whole, you know, universe that we all love. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Shicho, you know, you know, starting from the basics, you know, and then going into Makashi and then going into, you know, all the way up to yeah, form, form seven. seven. Um, so it martial arts as we consider it within like a grounded universe of you know human beings you know here in earth 616 you know like you <laughs> you need to you need to have some practicality like for it you know it, it's, <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's not um what i would consider you know like you don't you don't have your hadoukens you don't have your your like mystical forces so when you start to go from practical application of like a specific martial art and then you take that into a fantasy world there has to be some level of what i want to say um i guess you can just call it fantasy there has to be some some level of where you take this and you kind of need to create it as your own. And that's, that's, that's what I feel is the beauty of star Wars is you can still be, you know, a form three practitioner, but have it be your own, you know, right. you can still, you know, because you study, you know, form form three and you look at Obi-Wan and he really started off at form four right? and he manipulated it into form three and, you know, he can still bounce back, into form four whenever he wants right. to you know depending on what opponent he wants to fight and that i feel is the beauty of star wars and really when you 
when you pick up martial arts, you know, if you if you are a martial artist already and you go into Star Wars or whether you're into Star Wars and then you start studying martial arts through that, I feel like you you can embrace both. You can embrace the practicality and the fantasy world yeah. and you can kind of, it it, it kind of makes itself its own its own universe almost at that point every you know, practical it is it is star wars but it's it's still grounded you know every practical martial art has its like show forms and demonstration stuff and flashy flashy too like yeah you know like uh mma like ufc there's big event going on tonight uh steve a versus francis and ganu whatever uh point That's is it. You know, that's that's kind of seen as like the ultimate practical version of martial arts because you're you're yeah. in a no holds barred fight in a cage and blah blah blah. The only rule is don't there kick me in the rules. groin and bite, right? Whatever. But holds barred except there's a bunch of rules. I know, I know exactly. <laughs> uh, so I mean, even that, like the the act of walking out to the cage with the hood on and and with your music blaring and like putting your special graphic tee on that has the monster logo on it and all that. that is like their version of the showy ver things the flourishing blah 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 it's just that they do it differently it, but it's the same purpose you know it's to get the crowd hype it's to show off the muscles and the athleticism and the the attitude and all that stuff that's what a good kata does that's what a good um, demonstration of a lightsaber form does. So I think that, like you said, you don't have to like have one or the other. It's just up to you what the ratio you're going to intake is, you know? I, I remember starting off and <clears throat> it was, it was interesting because, you know, they, I remember when, when we came in, when when any new person came into Saber Guild, and and I like to go back to that because because that was my that was my pretty much my upbringing mm -hmm. within martial arts within sure. like you know Star Wars. So they taught everyone Shicho, and we had As our basic kata from you know you know that that a former member had had created you know which which was Shicho, and that's that's what we were all taught, and we were taught that. And then we were taught that again, and then we were taught that again, and taught that some more. And whenever there was a new person that came into class, we were everyone was then taught it again, and then taught it some more. And you know the the wonderful thing that I do love about about Eric and the way that he teaches. And then I actually then went on to teach you know like the classes as well too for about a year and a half, and that was something that I had taken in too. Is that if you have a new person who comes in and they're like, I want to, you know, you know, I saw, you know, episode one and the Darth Maul fight and, you know, I want to do all that stuff. I'm like, okay, can you do a backflip? No. Can you, can you, you know, you know, you know, hold this lightsaber. Okay. All right. So, you know, go and go and strike. Okay. Why are you looking down? You're not supposed to be looking down. You're not moving your feet. Why aren't you moving your feet? And, there was just there was so much stuff that a new person looks at and they're like oh okay well maybe i don't really know saber combat as much mm -hmm. as i thought that i knew what saber combat was and it's not only fighting properly but it's also fighting safely too 
you know, there's people that just want to come in and just swing a lightsaber and just, you know, beat whatever's around you. But it's like, you don't have control. If you don't have control, you're going to lose your lightsaber. And that was something that Mm -hmm. I have, when, when you have a, a new person come in and, you know, people, people get these people, they're, they're super, super stubborn. They, they've only seen the movies. They don't have any martial arts background and they come in and they're like, all right, you know, I know how to, how to do this. And I want to be able to, you know, wield a double saber and, you know, you know, I'm going to come in and they, they put the saber, you know, and they do a reverse grip, which is everyone's nightmare or, you know, (laughs) they, they, they hold the saber. And the worst is when I see someone hold the saber at the base, I'm like, okay, all right. Don't get me started. So, I asked someone to challenge me and I challenged them and you knock the saber out their hand. Okay. Well, pick it up. Well, you can't pick it up because you just lost your life. Like that, that is your life. You lost your Mm -hmm. weapon. You lost your life. You lost. So it it was, it was, it was definitely something that, you know, humbled me getting into the sport. It, it, It was something that I immediately, I looked at and I said, okay, I might be proficient in what I know but I know nothing about what this sport actually is. Mm. And, you know, that was, that was a big, big thing that I think, I think Eric definitely noticed in me. And I remember him, this is maybe like day two or three of class. He, he whispers to me, he's like, all right, Kyle, I know you know more than what you're letting on, (laughs) but I appreciate you holding back, you know? And I told him, I said, I said, yeah, you know, like, you know, you know, you, you know, thank you. But quite honestly, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is all about. You know, this is the first time I fought with this type of weapon before. So I need to learn from you guys. I need to learn what you guys are trying to like show me and and teach me and what you guys are doing. And, you know, I, I, I took that at heart. So whenever I'm now creating a weapon for someone to use, especially if they are a new person, I want to create something that, that, that someone can really grow into, mm-hmm. you know, they start off at this level, they have the saber. If they want to hold it this way, if they want to hold it that way, that's why there's no, you know, weird greeblies hanging out. There's no, you know, you know, you know, the, the buttons on, on the bottom. And I get a lot of complaints from some people saying, you know, Hey, why don't you put the button on, on the side? Because I want to be able to walk into my fight and ignite my saber with one hand. And I'm like, that's probably cool. But when you're fighting and you turn your saber off, you don't look very cool anymore. Right. You know, so there's <laughs> there's a lot of practicality that goes into the designs. And that was something that was instilled in me when I came into saber combat, you know, you know and that I still keep with me. I feel like this plagues and, and I, I bet Alan's going to talk about this once I bring it up. This plagues martial arts. Since the dawn of time, it has plagued martial arts, and it continues to plague martial arts, especially as new martial arts get developed, such as um, like HEMA or saber combat. Okay, yeah. um, and that is people getting a little bit of information and going a long way with that little bit of information, but maybe in the wrong direction. Like people who, it's like all of a sudden, like after six months of reading. Wikipedia articles about the seven forms they're like I'm master so and so of the such and such you know order of who cares about 
us knights. Like, nobody, <laughs> nobody becomes a master at this stuff when it's only been around at its longest since, like, the early 2000s. Okay? You, there's no masters. Well, it's, it's not possible. So yeah. you get these people who go on YouTube and, and you know, bless TPLA. They got so much content out there, but anybody can go on to TPLA's YouTube page and go, I've mastered Shicho because I watched all of the Shicho videos on TPLA's YouTube page. And it's like, even, even the people at TPLA would tell you, you're not, you're not mastering anything that way. Right. Right. Okay. You got to get out there. You got to practice. You got to hit things. You got to be hit. And like you said, you got to figure out what you don't know. And not try and pretend that you do when you're in that situation. I went out to San Diego, messed around with a lot of those good fighters out there. And nobody cares how long I've been doing it. They just care about that fight right then. And I have to be the same way. I have to not care about anything I've ever done before. It's about this fight right now. Learning, saying hi to each other with blades, right? And you you can't just like automatically be like the top person at your school and and just be like you can be the head instructor but you still have to acknowledge like i just started this six months ago okay your students don't care if you teach them something worth their time they don't care if you just started six months ago but don't act like you've been doing it for 60 years yeah you know what I no mean? i i agree i think a lot of the trouble of newer martial arts either be saber or whatnot is that there's no for the head instructor if there's no honesty or transparency with the head instructor you can obviously start seeing like yeah. if they're making it up or not or if they're right. not highly trained as they as they said they were right. so i think the transparency between the instructor and students that's very important like hey i just learned this like you know you only i've only been doing this for a year but i've done like martial arts for like you know 10 years or something or they're just you know if just be honest about it like yeah i i made this up they'll be like okay dope we're yeah. cool. But instead of them like just saying like, Oh yeah, I am like this highly trained weapons specialist and this, that, and the other. And then you watch, watch the fight or fight against the head instructor. And you're just like, dude, come on, just, just be honest. Just be I think, honest. I think there's more respect. Yeah. Just be honest about your education with it. Yeah. And again, your students don't, if they see the, the value in it they're not going to be like oh you've only doing six months okay bye no they see the value in it yeah but as long as you're honest with them i think that they keep coming back maybe you only have like one like shicho kata that you're teaching right it's 10 moves or it's 12 moves or whatever but the ability of you to translate that to other people and perpetuate people practicing that 10 12 14 move sequence that in and of itself is going to breed so much more progress out of everybody, the head instructor included. So if the head instructor stays a couple steps ahead of the students and diligently practices on their own, continues to research things, read the Wikipedia articles, you know, watch the movies, but also go and look at actual martial arts techniques and, and look at Kabuto weapons and things like that or HEMA and try to do them. Just stay a step or two ahead and people will catch up. But that's the beauty. You want them to catch up. You don't want your students to suck. Mm -hmm. You know, like right. nobody teaches these, nobody teaches people so that they suck. 
Well, that's 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 the goal, you know, of yeah. of any of any master. You still need to be a student of the art. You know, mm-hmm. you still need to to look at what you're doing and say, all right, you know, how can I be better? You know, can I can this be perfected? And ultimately, in martial arts, any any true martial artist will look at something and say, nothing is ever really perfected. You are you're always going to be you know, a little bit better than the day you were before, as long as you keep practicing, as long as you keep, you know, working on, on this. And, you know, it it was, it was something that definitely, you know, I noticed and I've, I've had a great phenomenal teacher, you know, because he, he would always pull me aside and say, all right, you know, I created this yesterday. I want to, I want to work on it, you know, try to, try to block me on this or, you know, try to attack me on this. And we would just go and spar back and forth, back and forth. And it was, it was really humbling experience because, you know, for me getting into it, I, I knew what I could do, but I didn't want to come off as cocky and I still wanted to learn some stuff. And, you know, it was, it was definitely a a great learning experience seeing that as like my master, but he never considered himself above me he never considered himself you know you know this is this is what i know and you'll never be able to know this like no let me let me teach you this so i can learn something more and then i'll learn something else and then teach you that as well and then i'll be learning from you as well too you know it's it's the motto of you know the day you stop learning is the day that you're actually dead (laughs) and and if you look at things in that perspective, you should always be willing and wanting to, you know, pick pick up a weapon and say, "Oh, let me try this. Let me teach teach this new technique. Let me see other. Oh, you know, that didn't work out. Let me brush it off and try it again." And you know, I feel like you'll get a lot more respectable students. I feel like that attitude will flow throughout. And even if you get a stubborn person, they're gonna look at that and they're like, "Oh." okay and they might want to take a take a step back look at themselves and you know really open up and start to learn and that was something that i saw like i i saw it whenever we got somebody new in and obviously you will get those stubborn people that come in and you know they don't they don't want to learn too much they feel like they know everything they've seen every star wars movie they they can recite clone wars you know back to back but right. you know they're not they can't pick up a lightsaber and actually do anything yeah. because they go and do all these weird flips and everything else. And then you're like, all right, stab, you're dead. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> you know? Um, and some people are just not going to be willing to learn and that's okay. You want to, you know, I always want to focus with the people that want to learn that want to be able to, you know, um, see what you yeah. can do and try and go beyond that and always try and like stay on your coattails essentially. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I, I'm coming at this with like all my teachers' funny little sayings, right? So I love them. Know. We get the best titles out of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A true master makes masters. Shut yeah. up. That's how it goes. Like a, a real master makes other masters, right? That's that's basically all you guys have been saying over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the the thing about your teacher Kyle is is something that I that was beaten into me as I was learning how to teach is 
nobody cares how much you know. They want to know how much you care. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. Uh, as as again, Mark was saying, hey, you know what? I may have made this up just now, but let's work on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's it's that sort of attitude that creates like you have a bond with that person, right? The the mentor mentee teacher student master apprentice however whatever words you decide to use in your in your school right and that's really where where it comes down to like yeah. you know can i learn from you you know am i you know what what can i learn yeah because this is this is actually making me into not just a, a better martial artist but also a better person yeah and that's kind yeah, of the, exactly. that, that's kind of what we've been you know talking about for the past mm-hmm. 10 minutes you know, a true master makes masters, mm-hmm. and that's that's yeah. how it is. So, let's see. Sorry to take the air out of the room. No, uh, no, it's <laughs> no, it's no, no. Very... That, was, that was beautiful. That was great, and you you hit the nail on the head right there. Does anybody have any questions or or things for Kyle before we we change subjects a little? Team Edward or Team Jacob? No, I'm fine. <laughs> Oh, you don't have to answer to that. Please, that. Don't, please don't. Please don't. You'd rather kill vampires. Going to. That's really the question. Would rather kill vampires or werewolves. Oh man. Okay. So. I You wanted a tangent there. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. That might have been a little too tangential. So. I think I think the the true question is why are there so many different types of freaking vampires out there in this universe? I, I don't know. I, I've seen the first movie. <laughs> so, Eric had the unfortunate uh, unfortunate dealings that he watched all of them with oh, our friends. Don't remind me. Oh, <laughs> oh. I I, wanted... I had to take it upon myself and watch all of them with with my wife because she never saw them. I said. Bring the popcorn. This is going to be the laugh fest of the century. Yeah. <laughs> do the drinking Ooh. game while watching. Oh, I'll take no. snakes on a plane oh. any day over that crap. Samuel Jackson, love it. You know? I know. Here's a question though, Kyle. Have you participated in any tournaments or anything of that nature that just stick no. out in your mind? Um, uh, I, I don't know if you fought in them or just was a sponsor or whatnot, but is there is there a specific tournament in your mind, a specific event? It doesn't even have to be a tournament that just went like, yes, that is the thing. They're on a roll. That's what I'd like to see again and again and again. You know, unfortunately, I have not actually been to any. To- uh, I've seen tons of tournaments online and people, you know, you know, like posting, but you know. Unfortunately, I have yet to see an actual tournament, whether it's through TSO, TPLA, um, you guys, you know, SMAF, I, I have not seen an actual tournament and I want to, I would love to, I've been invited and then COVID hit and it's like, nobody wants to fight anymore because everyone doesn't want to cough at each other. And it's like, I, I understand that, but I still want to see a tournament, you know, so other other than the personal tournaments that like I have had with like you know my mentor and you know just sparring back and forth with people, I, I have not. Okay. Um, I look forward to when when places and 
events start opening up because I've been invited to pretty much almost all of TSL tournaments that happen throughout the world, especially like the, the big ones that happen like Vegas. Like I've, I've been invited to all those, whether it's to have a booth or sponsor or whatever it is. Um, most of the groups that I, that I, um, am affiliated with, they've, they've all invited me. Um, but unfortunately, you know, with, you know, my wife being pregnant once having to raise a child, then we're pregnant again. And now we're expecting a boy. It's, it's, it's going to be a while until I can actually get out to one. Sure. I love to, and I can't wait until I actually get out to one. And, and if you guys are going to have one, please invite me. I will show up. I will pack the kids up. My wife is excited to come to one. She likes Vacation. to see We do have some things, some things on the docket. So Summer is just around the corner, and this year, SMAF Affiliate School Saber Light Nights is putting on the Saber Light Summer Open. Join them at the Laughing Dragon Kung Fu School in Charlottesville, Virginia on July 10th, 2021 at 9 a.m. for a two-division tournament including the Adult Standard Saber Division and the Adult Special Saber or Exotics Division. Saber Light Knights have been a proud SMAF affiliate school since 2019, and we are more than thrilled to support their events. The Saberlight Summer Open is also going to feature a massive prize pool, over $1,000 in merchandise from some of your favorite companies like Key Sabers, Smokey's Armory, Mando Core Customs, Wrath Sabers, Far Far Away Outfitters, and Kaizen Saber. If you want to register for the Saberlight Summer Open, please visit the Eventbrite link in the show notes or go to eventbrite.com and search for Saberlight Summer Open. Registration is $20 to $30, depending on if you're doing one event or two. And all of the tournament requirements and rules can be found on saberlightnights.com. That's saberlightnights with a K.com. But uh, definitely what we should do is is invite you to do some commentary with us one time. There we go. Through the old machine. I I feel like you actually, first of all, you would know what you're looking at. And mm. second of all, um, you might see some of your sabers out there clanging. So that would be cool, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, maybe maybe that's a good question to ask you. Um, for me, a big pet peeve when I'm watching things and I'm, I'm watching like judging and, and things like that is commentators and judges who don't actually have martial arts experience. They might have okay. been in 10 or 20 – saber tournaments but that's their martial arts experience that's not right the same thing so then you have talking heads or you have people who are in charge of of people's fate in the tournament who really don't know what they're doing really don't yeah. know what they're looking at really can't perceive it at the speed it needs to be perceived and you see it in like professional fighting too, like boxing and UFC. You see all the time judges who like, like in in the last big UFC event, Dana White at the in the press conference was like, I don't know what's up with these judges with all these ten eight rounds. Like, I don't know what they're looking at, but it's not it's not the martial arts that I'm looking at, right? And mm. that's what I see a lot when I watch tournaments and things. So maybe pet peeve is the wrong way to ask the question, but that's what I'm asking you. Um, what kind of, what would you like to see maybe done better? And 
don't throw any individual organizations or anything under the bus. Just in a general sense, what do you think could be done better? Or do and fun. We'll have to edit it out. Yeah, or do and, and I'll, I'll <laughs> make throw it more in work. Yeah. Always throw the penguins um, under the bus. It's okay. Throw the penguins <laughs> under the bus. <laughs> so, so stuff that I've seen, stuff that I have watched online, stuff that I've seen personally, and stuff that I've always worked on it and always still will be working on footwork oh my my god number one pet peeve because any schmo can hold a lightsaber and they can have a tight grip on it and it's great and it's fine but footwork and (laughs) you can like you can easily telegraph a move because someone shifts their weight a certain way and it's like Mm -hmm. i watch fights and i'm like oh nope oh yep yep okay and, it, and it's it everything is very predictable because people do not have proper footwork and that was one thing for us to be you know within sabergill for us to be choreographers and performers we had to nail down yeah because we didn't deal. want a fight to look like it was staged right. like we we designed fights and then we went back and redesigned the fight over again so that it did not look like a fight. Right. And that's, that's why a lot of like groups, you know, within Saber Guild are, you know, really, really famous and people love coming to their shows because it looks like they're actually fighting each other. Yeah. So if I had a big pet peeve, it would, it was, it'll always be footwork. And honestly, that's the one thing that the star Wars universe fails to do. That's true. You see all these fights, and especially you know the big episode three fight between Anakin and Obi Wan Kenobi, and everyone raves over their fight. And I'm like, but they don't move. Right. They're standing there just whacking sabers at each other, and it's like, yeah, it's cool. And then they do this flourish around the back, and it's like, one of them could have won, and that <laughs> in that one moment, one of them could have easily just sliced the other one in half. <laughs> but they were spending time being too flashy. And it's like, why? Oh, and they weren't man. moving. None of them were like, no one was advancing. No one was backing up. And it's like, they weren't, they weren't, they were standing still. There was, there's a scene where they're on these like little, little hover things mm-hmm. in the lava and they're forced to stand still. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, that, that is always just bothered me so much i mean i love watching like old kung fu movies right and it's like that's what you see you see them jumping everywhere all over the place and you see their footwork and it's like oh i can't stand when i watch star wars movies and that's what you get like really that's what i get i have to go to clone wars to see a decent fight like what's (laughs) going on here shots fired So let's uh, do a, a quick round of, of this because this is now just enlightening <laughs> and delicious. Uh, who wants to go next? What drives you nuts? <laughs> oh, judging. Okay, because I'm usually a, a side judge mm-hmm. for tournaments because, again, I don't really have no mar- prior martial art experience other than Saber Combat until recently. But I just some judge calls where either the judges converse too long and so and then like the 
yeah. then you'll have like the head judge who would um, then change their mind like super quickly. Not like, yeah. you know, he has like two other judges and they kind of converse like, okay, you know, I saw this. And like the two other judges are conversing about it. And then the head judge was like, oh, okay, no, I see where you guys are coming from. I didn't see that, but you guys are two against one. I get it. Um, I don't like even judging. So only two or four people. Oh, yeah. I like the odd, I like odd number judging. Um, that way there is a one above. I also don't like judges, the head judge overruling two points. So like their, their two side judges are like, Hey, we saw it's the person on the left. And the guy's like, no, I clearly saw the person on the right. It's very rare that it happens. And usually I would trust the head judge if they have martial art experience about it. But I've seen a lot of people who haven't had martial art experience that are head judges and they just overrule it without any type of like explanation. Like a great example, there has, I think there has been one time where Eric was head judging and, and correct me if I'm wrong, babe, please, that he did overrule and the only reason why he did that he explained detail per detail of why he did it of like this person went in and then explained the combat what happened and then explained what exactly happened by detail by sound by um reflection of the muscle movement so that is like the only time where if i understand the head judge is like he has training and he's like no this is what i saw and explains it cool but I don't like it when the head judge is like, no, you guys are wrong. We're going to do this. And the yeah. other judges are like, then why are we here? Right. <laughs> you know? So you know, there's my stuff. <laughs> even in like, even in like class, just really quickly, like if my students are judging, cause I'm the type of person where we're judging every class. We're just judging mm -hmm. every class. I don't care. You're judging everybody's fight that you're not mm -hmm. in. Um, that's the only way you're going to get better at looking at what's happening and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, but if I know that what I saw is correct and the other two people still don't agree, I'm still nine and a half times out of 10 going to let them make the decision for me. Yeah. Because majority, like you said, majority rule, it's just, it's just the safer option. And it's no, yeah. a way to build confidence in your judges too, that like what they saw was accurate, you know, even if it wasn't, they're learning to trust themselves, which is, mm -hmm. is a good way to progress. Yeah. There was something that I think Eric said, he's like, even if you're not a hundred percent sure of, you know, who got what, at least make a call. Make a call. Like if you didn't, yeah. yeah. If you didn't see it, instead of just going like, Oh no, just say, Hey, I didn't see it. Yeah. Or if you think it's this person, like you, the percentage outweighed the other, then call it. Yeah. Don't make me sit here and go, what did you see? Right. And you sit there going, I don't know. Yeah. And it's also when judges take too long to call. Yeah. So the strike happens, the head just says, okay, halt, stop, like whatever. And then, you know, they say call and then automatically they point and you have one judge going, uh, this, yeah. you know, instead. <laughs> so you have to, that's another thing. You almost okay. have to scrap the point at that, at that point. And now you're just yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. We've done that in schools. They're like, like in school tournaments. Eric's like, all right, we're throwing the point out because clearly there's, there's no, a consistent or not consistent, firm answer 
So instead of just giving a point that wasn't rewarded properly, we're just going to throw it out completely. So Eric, Alan, who wants to, who wants to complain next? Oh man, I'm not going to, we'll be here all night. I could say one thing. <laughs> nope. <laughs> that iPad is waiting in between rounds. Oh, I know. In between and in between <sighs> fights. Uh, that's my pet peeve. Yeah, you got to know what you're doing. You got to know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. You got to have wh- whoever's next, you know, in the box, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. getting their their gear on. And you know, once this fight is over, you should have maybe have 60 seconds, right? Maybe 120 if it's really stretching, right. and mm-hmm. then have. Like, um, I've been to too many tournaments where I've been go like looking around, and I visually. You can look at the audience and they're all looking side to side, like what's going on, you know? Yeah. And isn't this fight? supposed to be a lightsaber like a- event? Aren't it- we supposed to be like yeah. minds blown for the next four hours? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's, that's, that's my pet peeve is waiting uh, th- for the next thing. I huh? think that shows, cause when we did your tournament in December of 2018 or 2019, <laughs> Alan and I, we were, I was one of his side judges. He was head judge and the rain started. I think we started a little late and we still finished in like, what, not even two hours. <laughs> we were just like, go, 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 go. So that shows. I understand that. Yeah. We had 32 people and we got out of there in two hours. <laughs> there was rain and there was sound equipment and computers and, and electricity. Oh yeah. We were moving uh, stuff around too, but we, we gotta still, go. <laughs> yeah, we still got it done in two hours. So I can I see you now when you're like waiting. I'm like ah, that's yeah. why we were fast. Well, it, it's also a thing too. Like when you're a fighter, the experience of being in a tournament should get you pumped, right? But if you get cold because you're watching somebody else's fight, or right. you, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it's it's actually it's it's rough. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty rough to to go in and go. Oh man, my my last fight was two hours ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. you know, yeah. And, oh jeez, okay. I've eaten I nachos remember. and a pretzel since then. Yeah, <laughs> well, experience in in Vegas where I was just like, I I just hit a buffet, man. I'm. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to fight again, but I will. <laughs> I'm gonna I hate everything. Name, you know. <laughs> Do I even do I even ask the emperor if he's if he's with us to to complain? I know he could complain <laughs> yeah. for hours. You get one subject, Nick. Okay, wait a minute. Hold up. I'm going to go outside <laughs> for this. Give me one second. My hands are covered in lemon and ginger. My hands are covered in good good cover story. My so, hands are covered in lemon and ginger. That, yeah, that's what she said, Joe. <laughs> I was just going to make it. I'm glad you did so I didn't have to. At least I, they're, they're, I'm trying to make different types of soy sauces here. Like it's, it's going crazy. Oh anyway, gosh. so 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 let Uh-oh. me tell you, <laughs> I, I I if there's one pet peeve I have about any tournaments, and like this includes my own, I will take these shots at my own tournaments. Don't get me wrong here. I'm a very judgmental person, even myself. Judgy. <laughs> no matter what tournament it is, oh, yeah, we know. I'm a very judgmental. So judgy and mental. Like, I have to run fencing tournaments too because I also do like coach fencing and all that. If you say your tournament starts at eight and you expect it to be done by noon, it better be done by like noon 30 at the freaking latest. All right. Because I, I look, I went to a certain tournament in 2017 
And it was like, oh, it starts at 10 a.m. We'll probably be done by like 6 p.m. No, it wasn't. We weren't even done by midnight. And I was exhausted. My students were exhausted. Katie was giving me alcohol on the side. It was crazy. Yeah, I was. I was, okay, short short rant. Okay, first of all, it was 2018. We were all exhausted. We were all tired. And we were stressed, okay? I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to my room. I'm going to go make myself a drink. And I'll come back. Yeah. So Eric and I went back to our room. We came back. And I'm looking around and I'm seeing people and I just go up. To, I think Alan was the first one I went to. I'm like, hey, Alan, you want some? He's like, what is it? I'm like, just drink it. And he's like, ooh, yay. Okay. <laughs> literally, this is obviously before COVID. So we're all like passing this drink around and Nick needed it the most. I'm like, keep it. Please, for the love of lie. I'll, I'll still share drinks with each one of you. Let me That's tell fine. you, man. What was it? Jaeger and root beer? It was amazing. Jaeger and root beer. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, you know, Dude, after like twelve hours of sparring try and judging, it. like twelve hours of judging and sparring, that Jaeger and root beer tasted like the fountain oh, of youth, God. man. It sounds like it tastes like college. I'm, I'm not well, happy about that. I mean, that. if you're a fan <laughs> of, my liver just threw up in my mouth. I, I if, know. You're, if, if you're a fan of anise or dark black licorice, like I am, it tastes amazing. Uh, if you're not a fan of it, I okay. Uh, it's like Sidious's butt hair. Dude, don't knock it until you try it. Yeah, but that's all I got. I'm gonna go back to grading ginger. I'm back on mute. Okay, have fun. <laughs> all right, Kyle. Yeah. Let's uh let's open up a little bit of a speed round here. Let's I don't, go, let's go, let's go. What did we call this last week? Sith lightning round. So yeah. I know that you um you're probably gonna be back on the show several times. I'm crossing my fingers. We've had a blast Holla. tonight and there's there's way too much to talk about to possibly do it in just a couple hours. So yeah. Um, and besides, as the official Sabersmith of SMAF, uh, pff, we're going to use you and abuse you like crazy. So um, It's okay. We use and abuse each other, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like it's our favorite we, we thing. We do ask do. for consent before we do that. What's that? <laughs> so we do ask for consent before Yeah, it's we true. Abuse. Yeah, you have to sign and, away. Yeah, just buy me dinner first. That's all. <laughs> well, if you come visit, we'll get we'll make you dinner. I was gonna say Ooh. that's kind of our thing. Um, <laughs> we fight and eat. That's what we gotta do. We have to bring Kyle to a barbecue. A barbecue. Yeah. That's exactly what we need to do. Ooh, hey, down. you know, I'm on 80 acres now, and lots, lots, and lots of room on my barbecue grill for briskets. You've so, been tempting me. I, I'm too much. You, I got nothing to do but fight with lightsabers and look at deer. That's true. Um, so let's uh, let's let's start our Sith lightning round, and anybody can jump in and and ask a question. But these are going to be simple questions that you can make as complicated as you want. But I might cut you off because we want to ask a bunch. So, yeah. uh, first up, generally speaking, one-handed or two-handed grip for you? Uh, one-handed. And what color blade do you most frequently use? Oh, this is a big one. Oh, um, <laughs> give me, give me like two blade colors that you would uh, gravitate uh, towards. Purple and white. Purple and white. Okay, yeah. interesting. Um, favorite Star Wars. Favorite movie. Favorite Star, Star Wars War. movie. Whichever or Star War, War in general. Um, I'm gonna have to say Empire. Empire. Okay. It's because you're yeah. gonna be right. Um, <laughs> uh, cheeseburger or hot dog? Hot dogs all day. Oh, God, what a New Yorker! Uh, <laughs> hot dog. Uh, let's see. Um, do do you like beer or spirits, or do you not drink? 
Oh, um, you know, I've recently switched over. I'm more of a wine connoisseur. Ooh, nice. Um, I love, I love reds. I love, love reds. A nice, nice Cabernet. Um, if it's beer, it's got to be a porter beer or, or, or anything like, you know, dark, like, like, like Guinness. Uh, liquor. If it's not Bacardi, I'm probably going to throw it out. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. We got a scotch. And Jack Daniels too. And Jack. Uh, here's another question. I'm good. I'm good for a rum and rum and whiskey. Jackie Chan or Jet Li? Oh, you know, I was Jackie Chan. I I kind of still am, but Jet Li is like he, he's he's uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's a that's a that's, that's a tough a one. Question. That is a loaded question. Um, the correct answer should be Donnie Yen, though. <laughs> that should be the correct answer. Nice. I like that. I like that. Cereal <laughs> soup. What? You consider cereal soup. Oh my gosh, you're one of these people. <laughs> That's a question. Soup. Yes, I would the way that I make cereal. <laughs> I love, love milk and I will dunk anything <laughs> and just let it sit there and like just simmer for like a good, I mean, especially if it's cinnamon toast crunch, it needs to simmer for a good 10, 15 minutes. Oh my God. That's good. You have to nope. Eat it. Nope. Nope. No, I gotta have a crunch, man. And that is and that is like eighty year old just soggy soup at that point. Uh, That is that is that is that is is old man soup at that point. Oh my gosh. Oh all right. By the way, my wife hates me because of that. I agree with her. We're friends now. Uh, let me let me do the one that I gave Courtney. Uh form one or form five. Mm, Uh I'm going to have to always go with form one. Form two or form six? Form two. Form three or form four, and this is the only one that's important. That's a really dumb form question. Form three. Yeah, see? We, we should know this question <laughs> right now. Come on. Why would, you, why would you kill yourself with a Taru? Nobody in this planet is ever going to be a Yoda. Yeah, when There's you're no Yoda's height like I am, you kind of need right. to jump to reach things. Well, I mean... May, may uh my one of my clan sisters she's form four and she goes for the ankles we call her achilles oh yeah she goes for her feet man because she's nimble that way we're like Ugh. uh persuader or slayer Ooh. oh oh yeah um damn i know i'm making damn, you choose you between are... your children oh my gosh yeah because i literally have like I have a daughter and I'm going to have a son. And it's like, which one should I just sacrifice? Like, I don't know which one I should do. I kind of love them both or I'm just going to kick them both down. Uh, Was it Solomon that uh, said, said I'm going to chop this baby right in half if you don't pick one? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to have to go with Slayer, though. I honestly have a lot more fun fighting Slayer. I really do. Fair enough. With the extension? Yes. With, with the extension. With the extension and no Suba. Yay. Love you Yay. for that. Love you for Yay. that. We've actually we've actually outlawed Subas in SMAF tournaments largely yes. because yes. they're blade breakers, but hey. Don't let no. don't yeah. let me stop you. If you're a Suba organization, hey, have at it. But for Do your us, thing. 
for lightsaber combat, they don't belong on a saber fight. Yeah, not my favorite. Um, although I will say when I pull that Slayer out with the Suba on it, it did look pretty cool. And for half a second, I was like, <laughs> oh, no. maybe I'm a Suba guy. <laughs> oh, and not to a mention, lot of people love it. your Subas are threaded, which I know is not the case for 100% of them out there. So if you are a Suba user, a threaded Suba really? is a handy thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's really important. Okay, uh, let's see. Sith Lightning, coffee or tea? Tea. You and wow. McGregor or Alec Guinness? Ooh, you and McGregor, man. I, I agree. We're going with Force Ghost Anakin at the end of Return of the Jedi. Do you prefer prequel oh. Anakin or old mannequin? Old mannequin. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. it's... Okay, so this is... Considering that prequel anakin came with that really really uncomfortable song at the end of episode six do you oh, know, oh, have you oh, not oh, oh. there was no yub yub song yeah 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 the remake there's no yub yub so i'm gonna have to go with the old man <laughs> strictly because i'm his, gonna have to i his, need his my entry yub-yub music song. is better <laughs> yeah man, i need it I definitely need it. I don't. Oh I don't need to see people celebrating because like the Death Star two was destroyed. I don't care. I don't care. Give me, give me my Ewoks. I don't need to see them Ewoks. celebrating. Things you will never oh hear from me. <laughs> <laughs> or Eric. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Chocolate milk or white milk? You were talking about. Uh, you were talking about your lovely cereal endeavors and Ooh, how much you love okay. milk. Um, Chocolate milk is a specialty, but it's it's always going to be a diehard, regular, whole milk. Oh, if it's straight from the udder, yes. I will love it to death. Like straight <laughs> from the udder. <laughs> nothing pasteurized, nothing. I'll milk it myself if I need to. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what What's your preferred blade length? So it's difficult. Uh, should we should we go with exposed because yeah because let's just say the from the emitter about how many inches exposed um i like to do 29 30 exposed what is one of the first or i would say one of the most common mistakes you see people make when they're um like let's say they're not buying one of your sabers What's one of the first and easiest mistakes to call out that you would say, try to avoid making this mistake when you buy your first saber? Sound. Do not buy sound if you're going to fight. Fair enough. I love sound. Bruh, Personally, I heart. love it to death. Like, I, I mean, especially with, you know, Smooth Swing. And when that came out, like, I love it. But sound has no place in combat. If you think about actual practical combat, nobody's sitting there making sounds with like their katana blades like no one's like ching, no one's ching. sitting there holding a bow staff and saying it needs to do this woom woom sound like it's so distracting <laughs> the flash on clash is so god awful distracting and like you need to then learn how to fight with sound you don't want that handicap like so Dude. no no sound kyle's after my heart <sighs> i hate having sound on my saber it's I the one it. thing I that so I recommend. Hard. I recommend for anyone, as soon as someone says, which saber should I buy? I say, why are you going to use it? And if people say, I want to do flow, okay, go with sound. It's really cool. Yeah. If someone says, I'm going to be combating, do not buy sound. I will sell them 
to not pay $300 and buy one of my sound chassis. Do not do it. Don't do it. It's a trap. It's a trap. I think Alan has a question for you. Yeah. Oh, uh, it was it was basically which age uh, in Star Wars? Uh, Republic, Resistance, or Rebellion? Ooh, Ooh that's a great question. Um, I guess High Republic is one now too. Yeah. yeah um, Old Republic was just a lot of fun. There was there was a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. I like that better. Nope. I like it a lot better. Yeah, you got all the darks out there. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> oh, favorite favorite uh, favorite favorite dark side force user. Oh, uh, favorite. Can we? Should we count Revan? Because I will. I mean, that's. <laughs> I don't think we What's should discount Revan. Yeah, I, 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 it's it, it's either Revan or Dooku. Nice. Hala Dooku, my Good boy. choices. Good choices. Yeah. Officially, let's say this: uh, if you're a new SMAF affiliate, first of all, welcome. Thank you for applying, and we love you. If you're not a new SMAF affiliate, that should have happened yesterday. So get on the application, fill it out, send it to us now. You've done uh, it as you were listening to this. I know. Seriously. Um, and while you're finishing that, because it only takes you a couple minutes, head over to keysabers.com. Okay. Get yourself a saber or seven. And if you are new to this, that's what we recommend. 100%. Go ahead. Keysabers.com. Kisabers.com. Get yourself a persuader or a slayer and start with that. Okay. See how it goes from there. Um, yes. We're kind of supposed to say that, but we were going to say that anyway. So um, aside from that, eventually you'll see a little smack. We got some fun stuff. We're going to, we're going to try and get done with Kyle here. And uh, he's been amazing to us just in the last few weeks, even. Um, And so I know we're all more than happy to have him here, but go ahead and tell everybody listening how they can get some more of you in their life. Some more of me. Yeah, some more, more of me. Nobody life. cares about the rest of us. No, the rest of us are just pff, chaff. We're just here. <laughs> uh, so I mean, you can I, I I try and funnel everyone into the website because you know when the dream was to create the website and kind of have that flow throughout everything else. So um, every once in a while, though, I will be posting on either Facebook or Instagram, and you can search me up. Uh, key savers uh, is the handle for Instagram. Key savers is going to be the the Facebook store, so you can go there. And um, every once in a while, I will be be posting uh, new customs that I do. There are customers that send me requests, and eventually, once I get through them all, um, I post them up. So it's kind of like for me, it's an advertisement of what I could do people come to me and like, Oh, I saw that, you know, maybe I could tweak this and do that with it. And then, you know, cause I like to think of the persuader and slayer as an, as a broad empty canvas and you can kind of do whatever you want with it. You know, if people have ideas or different wraps that they have personally done to their own persuader or slayer, send them to me, you know, right. just email me at Kyle at keysabers.com email me, you know, what you, what you've come up with and I'll feature you every single week 
Um, I'll post you on the website, you know, I'll tag you, whatever it takes, you know, just to really, really put you out there as, because I like to consider everyone as wanting to be their own quote unquote sabersmiths. Everyone wants to create their own weapon. They want to personalize it a little bit. And I feel like you guys all deserve a little bit of, you know, um, appreciation for that. You know, my, my saber designs aren't it, you know, this isn't it for you. You know, when you buy something else from another company, that could be it, you know, it could just be that, but you know, you should, you know, always, always keep modifying it, changing it. You know, if you want to add this or, or add that, or, you know, if people have a persuader or slayer and they want something added to it, send it right back to me. You know, I'm, that's cool. I'm hopefully going to be working with, um, Shadowcrest. I'm hopefully going to be working with him. He's he's really really big in the acid etching industry. Um, he's done a few persuaders and slayers. He loves the sabers, so I'm hopefully going to be sending him a few of them, and we're going to work something out. Hopefully, I don't want to say too much because nothing's really in the works yet. But the goal, hopefully, is to really you know work out a good a good partnership with him, and you can see a lot more acid etching done on a lot of these sabers. So that's pretty much it. Um, You can check me out on Instagram. I have a YouTube channel as well, too. If people need to know like how to's or, you know, figure out information on what it's all about or how things work, people are brand new and they don't know what a persuader slayer can actually do, what it's capable of. Just find me on YouTube. I'm going to be coming out with a lot more videos soon. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I recommend people go check out your YouTube page. It, it's just a nice little way to get the little bits of, like you said, if you're new to this, it can be kind of like, Oh, super overwhelming. Um, right. So that's a good way to, especially like looking at the, the chassis video, really seeing what the all in one chassis is all about, seeing what the Slayer modifications can be and things like that. It's just useful information. It takes you a couple minutes while you're eating your cereal soup in the morning, go check out the Key Savers <laughs> YouTube page. <laughs> Whole lot of milk. And Kyle is also now an individual affiliate for SMAF, so you can also catch him on the Saber Martial Arts Practitioners Facebook group if you got things you want to, you know. Um, I, I was thinking we'll probably do something in the future, the very near future, where we have like a – a check-in with Kyle every, every now and then about like little things you can do with your saber at home or to your saber at home or things that maybe he's kind of been toying with ideas and things that he can update the community with. So all you can always find him on Facebook or Instagram and, and I encourage you to do so. So let's see San Diego sabers. Where can we find you guys? You can find us at saber martial arts life as well as actually the easiest way to do that is just go to sabermartialarts.life, click on San Diego Sabers, and go down to the bottom of the page, and you'll see all of our social links. Same with us, Delaware Saber Martial Arts, sabermartialarts.life. Click on our, click on our link and shoot me a message. PhoenixSaber.com for us uh, if you're in Arizona or thereabouts. Thereabouts. <laughs> Emperor. I will. Cilantro. I knew it was coming. It's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Penguin Saber Academy. 
I'm just gonna listen uh-huh. to every time I talk, I say Nick's name and ask him to talk, and then just delete the next like five minutes of content. <laughs> Katie, why did you rat on me like that? Come on. Oh, because we try to make it at least PG-13, and you've been the most bleeped out person here. It's true. I, I thought it was I'm gonna sorry. be me by a long shot. I'm not Same. even close. Help me. I'm over here. Like I'm. I've got my attention four different ways right now. I'm sorry. You're doing oh. great. Proud of you. Oh. Keep- Thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just surprised and maybe a slightly chagrined that you haven't cut a fingertip off yet. Oh no, I got I got knife skills, man. Just like lightsaber and sword I skills. Got, I got knife skills. I too. got knife skills. Up I for got debate. Knife skills. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting the shock knives out next time I see you. We're gonna have a knife battle. Uh, so I I do have to thank you though, Kyle. Not just for like sponsoring Smaf, but also like being a cool dude. It's yeah. It it means a whole lot more these days than it ever did before, especially after last year. So we Absolutely. really appreciate your support, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I think I think you should stop listening to us. You should go over to keysabers.com, go buy yourself a hilt, join the Saber Martial Arts Foundation, and you can get some special pricing on that. And uh, overall, I think it's just a smart decision for your future. So uh, without any further ado... Please bring your own saber.